Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. It means the boys are here. Well, hold up. Van's not here. Stephanie, Van is returning from his assignment of seeing Tyler, the creator, with his college-age daughter in Denver, Colorado's. But uh, he will be back with us tomorrow as we are live from O'Neill's in Knob Hill. Taking Van's seat for the uh, at least beginning of the program is my very good friend Steve Davis. Steve, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, this is my second time in, in this year. And... Hey, get a little bit close to that mic, Steve. Come right up on it. Yeah, second time this year because you killed the first time. So it was, it was a, a rupturous applause as you returned. Well, I tell you, thanks again for having me on. And, and again, thanks for for you and what you and Van are doing and Aww. for the community and uh, New Mexico Highlands, getting all those compliments from <laughs> those uh, texts and emails. <laughs> so, uh, so you're doing some good things. I'm having a lot of luck. Steve Davis, uh, who obviously is Proview Networks and is a staple of the basketball community here in the state, uh, can be seen at any anywhere anyone's playing hardcore basketball. And also color commentary alongside me for New Mexico Highlands basketball all year long. So we have a rich professional career, but also a personal career as well. Steve, you just re- you just wrapped up the high school basketball tournament a couple weeks ago now, and and Provi Networks is so fortunate and does such a good job of of kind of producing all the classes, and you do everything out there at the pit, and obviously the Rio Rancho Event Center as well. Um, heck of a basketball year though for the state, right? Yeah, Proview covered 50 games in a matter of, uh, I think, seven, uh, six days. Oh, we. And uh, I want to just thank my crew. Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen without the crew, and I know that Alden is special to you. Yeah, he's we a big got, deal to me. We got Josh Brown, and we got uh, Jason, and also Aaron. And that really is the backbones of uh, Proview Networks, and then also the camera guys, and we have multiple camera guys. And I had talked to you about this off the air where, you know, I moved to town a couple of years ago and, and didn't quite get the high school basketball hype here in town. You know, I'd, I'd only been here four years and, and then. See, I converted you. You did. I, I got yeah. you. I said, you know, this is, this is where, you know, once you can get with that high school, it's, if you want a fan base, it's there. It's right in, there. And it's incredible to me because COVID, obviously the first year or the first year we were really in the radio program. And then last year's COVID was a little different. And then here we are. I mean, this was like full fledged fans. This was my first exposure to high school basketball this year, really, here in the community. And I don't know if I've, if I've seen it bettered anywhere else. The The way the fan bases come out, and not just the high A schools where you expect it, but all the way down. It was a, It's a rarity. And I don't know if New Mexico knows how special it is here. Well, it's if, if I'm correct, I think it's in the top five in the nation as far as attendance in one week. Oh, is it? it is for, but that's deceiving a little bit because a lot of those teams only have the final four. Uh, this is a whole week. It has the semifinals, yeah. the finals, and the, and the deal. But uh, it, it's still a great, uh, a, a great venue for the state of New Mexico. 505-246-0610. We're talking high school hoops to start the program. And if you want to get a mention in of your favorite team, your squad, or whoever you support, reach out to the program. We'll say hi to you if you say hi to them. How many? Do, so there's five levels, right? 5A all the way down? Correct. Okay. So obviously 5A is the one everyone knows about, but you know about them all because you know about them all. 
So what jumped off to me from the paper was, I think I was out there with you for the Class A, you guys were calling, uh, and I wasn't a part of the broadcast, but I was so fortunate to be near it. And it was the Class A men's, was it Clayton? Did Clayton take the, the championship this year? Is that right? Yes. I, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't, don't want to say. I, I, the, uh, I was really concentrating on the, on the classic game between yeah. Balcana Vista and also. Well, and that one, that was the upset of the year, wasn't it? Well, I don't know if it was the upset because, uh, you know, and there were so many storylines behind it. I mean, Mike I mean, you know, Mike Brown, the father of Greg Brown, passed, and there was a lot of emotion with yeah. that. And I tell you, you know, Volcano Vista was playing his best ball at the best time. You know, they got better. They were undefeated, and they got better every game. So I don't c- consider, you know, a team that's undefeated going into the finals, you can't really say that's an upset if they lose. The kid – the kid at Las Cruces is very good. That Las Cruces team was real special. Well, actually, there's two players on that team that's really good. That's he, Carr and he, also Benjamin. You're right. They, well, and I'm such a big man play. But, yeah, guard too. Obviously, guard counts. And they, I thought, because uh, watching the lead up to it, because the, the Las Cruces-Atristo Heritage game was so very close. You know, they and I thought, okay, well, here's how you're going to open up what can be done against Las Cruces. And I thought Volcano Vista came in and what 11, 10 point win or whatever it was for them. Actually, but, it was 10. Yeah. And it was an overtime game. Yeah. So. Then it was I'm just, yeah, just an exciting little end of the year. And, and then and then you get the exact other side where the, where the girls is just as good as well and the fan base is just as strong. And that to me, whenever I'm, I'm watching a game, is I don't know, the. The thing that draws me in, it's if, if I can see other people's passion towards it, I think that's when I become invested. Well, Lisa Varel, she's you know she's right up there with Flanagan and all the top women coaches in the state of New Mexico, and uh, her program speaks for itself. But to have this thing about this, I mean, you've watched a lot, you've been watched a lot of high school games and in, in areas and things. Mm-hmm. Two undefeated teams in the same school year, just crazy. That's that's what's so impressive about that, and then also the respect. Each coach, you know, Greg Brown and Lisa Brown, have for each other's yeah. program. That's even more special. They and, and their teams play similar in style, so it's 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 pretty class. It's a, just a classy environment. The thing the Volcano Vista I think also does well is, obviously, we talk a lot about with collegiate sports, Tile Nine. We talk a lot about women's athletics. Volcano Vista cares about the women's athletics. The girls' sports are important at Volcano Vista, and they get. You know, this is going to sound cliche, but equal buses and equal locker rooms and equal training, and it just, it makes a big difference. The schools that want to commit to women's athletics. Well, you know, and that just starts with you know the athletic director. It does, and and and, and that and and the principal. I mean, there's a lot, of, and then also booster the, club the, and the, yeah, the, the, the administration and all the way down the line. Also, the thing that I thought was very exciting this year about the tournament was the fans returning, and it was them kind of learning how to cheer for their teams again. You know, it had been – some of these kids are sophomores, and they never really had their parents in the stands. You know, that was kind of an incredible thing to see them come out. That passion, because you were at – well, I guess not all 50 games, but you were at most of them. Of I, I would say let's just add them up. I, you know, I think there was seven, seven, and seven. I said 23 of them. Yeah. Like, it's okay, so a pro- yeah, almost uh, half. Yeah. Almost half, yeah. And then – so of that, what was that for you to be able to take in, like – parent and supporter and fan base of high school student for the first time in years. Did you feel it? Was it palpable at the pit? Well, you know, maybe I'm immune to it because, you know, I'm the profession. Well, no, well, I wouldn't say, you know, I've been there 25 years. Yeah. I haven't missed (laughs) one in 25, 26. I I was trying to to count out how many years consecutively have been the state tournament, but you, you know, you, 
most, the semifinals wasn't there, and that's usually the most impactful because you know, the semifinals were usually played in, at the pit. Mm -hmm. And this year they had to play them with the higher seed. So, uh, but the championship day, uh, you know, is it, they're, Best they're, all, day in they're all the same. Yeah, I mean, they're they're great. There's a, it's a they're at a great level, and and I can't think of anything that's more special than any other game, any game that was played that Saturday. First championship, I believe, in Highland Hornets history. Is that correct? Yes. No. It's, you know, I mean, fifty years. And, yeah. And, and and fifty years, and 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 what uh, Coach Woody's done there, and and uh, is is it with with bringing in people from you know the, the his players from Mexico, and that story, and and what Sacquack, you know, the, where they go to school. There's just so many great storylines, and then. Also, you know, while we're on the same subject, how about Manal? You know, yeah. it's just, you know, out of nowhere for me because I didn't, really didn't know about, you know, you know, I knew Manal, but I didn't know how great they were until, truthfully, about uh, 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 three weeks before the season was over. When they had our, James Yotis had the article about the players coming in and and uh, how how great of a team this is going to be. Well, and Pecos, who they beat in the final, is is just kind of a staple at the 2A all the time. Like, Pecos is always in the mix. Well, that goes back to Ira Harge. You know, I mean, he had four in a row, and uh, and, and there, so he's built that tradition, and, and what a great crowd and what a great fan base for that early. That was an 8 o'clock morning game. Sitting down with Steve Davis of Pro V Networks, talking a little bit about the high school basketball because, uh, well, really we just haven't had a chance to wrap it up yet, which is a shame because, you know, the news cycle moves here in town. It's, it's you know, the high school basketball, and before you know it, we were talking high school baseball. And we were talking, you know, the I think state wrestling was the weekend before, and it was just, it was well, yeah, all Central baseball the next week. Yeah. Okay, and then you had the Rio Rancho tournament uh, the, the following week, and it just seemed like really – I haven't had a chance to really. Yeah. I'm, when you said let's talk about it, I'm like, you know, really, I hadn't had a chance to talk about it. <laughs> we, 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 Pro View just moved moved on with uh, the Gladiators had their first game, the 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 runners had a game, and then and Metro baseball. It was it's just it never stops. Well, and, and at that time, at least for I, because. You know, you were down here doing high school basketball, but yeah, I just don't forget about Highland yeah, and Western. Yeah, who, who made it to the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference tournament on the last game of the year and a play-in. And sports in New Mexico, at least from my exposure to it, um, has been as good as it's been right now than it has been in years. I don't know if I felt more excitement around athletics in this state in the time that I've been here. Well, you know, I, I want to just say this. I think the pandemic really helped high school sports this year because people didn't take it for granted that they could see a, see see people play. And right. they, got, they actually got out. I haven't looked at the numbers. I think attendance has been up this year, and, and people, I mean, as you know, being out in the public a lot, how many people are talking about high yeah. school sports? Well, and you made an excellent example to me uh, over a coffee one day talking about how in the state uh, so many individuals want to get out and support high school athletes. And what's a ticket to a game? Five bucks, ten bucks? I'm not sure what it is. Five bucks. Five bucks. And it's, it hasn't changed probably in uh, 20 years. Yeah, right. And it's and it's a you know and it's so very much our individuals willing to get out and go help those schools. You know, like Del Norte is an example. You know, Del Norte going all the way to the championship game against Highlands, and what were they ranked? Eleventh? Something crazy low. So it's in that fan base. They'll well, come let's out. Go back to McIntosh. I mean, what a you know, yeah. you know, he's a he actually a Western graduate, and he's just unbelievable job at what he's done at uh, 
at uh, Del Norte High School. Robertson uh, from Las Vegas, obviously a, a championship as well in the 3A, which was a big deal over St. Michael's, a nine-point victory for them. And, you know, I spend every weekend in Las Vegas, and, and, that, and that Red Cardinal is everywhere up there. And, and what they do so well in football and basketball. They do have a little grit of green, so I just want to let it, you know. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Steve Davis joining us, Ralph, on a little bit about high school basketball. We're going to talk about ProView Networks when we get back from the break. We're just going to, I don't know, we're going to keep it loose today with Van being out because, well, you know how Van is. He only wants to talk baseball. Like, this is this is the basketball chance. Down to the 2A, though, you were talking about Manal, that big one over Pecos, and then obviously the 1A. We'll do a little bit of girls' breakdown after this, and we'll talk about ProView Networks and what's coming up with the upcoming season. Obviously, Gladiators coverage and, and all that type of world. And I want to bend your ear a little bit on New Mexico, or excuse me, UNM Lobos basketball. So we'll do that as well. Steve Davis, absolute friend of mine, absolute friend of yours of joining us on the program thank you to john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy for sponsoring the studio they had a big party last night over at john's house they got some new elected officials coming in they're gonna do some stuff he's pushing this i can't go there's like political rules i can't go to that thing i'm on the radio it's the, you guys know the rules but check out john lopez for your housing needs because i should have when i was looking to rent i see right now that the, there's a rumor that rates are about to go up. And if if, if they are, you got to lock that thing in now. He's going to say you have the right mortgage. He's got a broker, the whole thing, the whole deal. John Lopez Real Estate, Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. You can find him on our website at TalkABQ, TalkABQ.com. We're tuning on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Fans not here. Sitting in with me is Steve Davis of Pro V Networks. Got a lot of guests today. I can do radio by myself, Steve. I've done it. It's just the worst, though. Doing radio by yourself is so boring. We don't want to hurt your back. That's, that's fine. <laughs> so, so, you know, give, give me a little relief, you know. And, and I know you've been Tylenols all over your desk and everything. Yes. So, so. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm drinking the Mexican Coca-Cola. I don't know if you saw it. It's the glass bottle Coca-Cola. Have you ever had this? Well, it's a classic. I, mean, I thought it was too classy for me, so I didn't ask for one. No, well, I have an extra one if you like. I, I bring two. So Normally, I give them to Mike Vital, but he's off for the week. So Steph Griffin is producing the program. Adam Young's going to join us at 4.30. We're going to talk to the new New Mexico State University head coach. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. David Carl will join us at 4.45. Going to talk New Mexico United. They have a big game tonight, so we're going to make sure you got all the details on that. Ron Hudson, head coach of New Mexico Highlands University. The football team is going to join us also with Ramon Atkins, the quarterback for the Gladiators, who, Steve, you recall, played quarterback for Highlands last year, and that was his professional debut this past weekend. Yeah, and it wasn't a great de- debut, okay? But, it, you know, we have room for improvement. <laughs> yes. Let's put it that way. Took okay. some bumps. Uh, then at 5.30, Sebastian Noel joining us. We're going to talk gladiators and we're going to talk what's going on in his world and then bob nightingale of usa today joining us at six o'clock and we're going to talk the return of albert Pujols to my st louis cardinal steve which is the uh most fairy tale ending to any professional career i think i've ever seen well i i agree and i got you know i got one of those stories i went out to uh, la and and got to watch the Dodgers and him play, and I got to see him hit a home run. He's out unreal. Of so that, I'll never forget that. He's 21 home runs away from 700. And, like, he's going to be able to do it in a Cardinals uniform. And that, to me, is just incredible. The I'll talk about this with Bob at 6 o'clock, obviously, but his worst year as a St. Louis Cardinal was better than his best year as an Anaheim Angel. And that's kind of a crazy idea. Like, that half season he had with the Dodgers, he did 12 home runs, I think, when he got picked up during midsummer, and then obviously the playoff run, huge impact. But the time with the Angels, eh, eh. 
It's funny how that works. You know, you look at people's careers, and you know, some some places people just don't fit. No, and, 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 and some people they 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 cherish. So you just don't know uh, what's going to happen when that trade happens. You grew up here in New Mexico, and and professional team, you know, not in abundance here. You know, it was you didn't have professional baseball, you didn't have professional basketball here in the state. Like, I think I'm a, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan because I grew up in St. Louis. Like, I don't I don't know why else I would be. Did you have a team that you graduate like? Gr- gravitated to like as a youth was there like an organization where you're like oh i really identify by this well, I still team am. I, I you know you think about this and you think about tv and the media and everything the new york yankees when i was growing up yeah. there's only one game a week yeah and most of the time they highlighted the yankees and the yankees when i was growing up was always in the world series or won the world series so i'm a yankee fan and and, and that's why you know it's it's mainly for the state and you might you see cowboy fans and you see arizona fans and you see denver fans right but that's who they see and that's who they gravitate well, to. and worldwide too they have such an impact and and you know the reason i asked that is talking about pro v networks you guys specifically during covid like i cannot tip my hat enough to you guys during the covid pandemic but you were able you're able to bring these games to individuals be it high school or collegiate or, or professional that you're covering here in the state to people all across the world and you get viewers from all across the world so do you feel like that helps bring in new mexico fandom like the the product that you guys are creating or do you feel it's it's not necessarily that big of an impact and and it's only used supplementally to to going to games when fans can well i, I my personal story is i i was out in california uh like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and I had a ProView Network shirt on. Right. On the, you know, just walking around. I got one or two, yeah. And people would come up and say that they, that they you know, have a relative or they had something. And so that kind of hit home with me, that, you know, and that's why I even tell you when you're doing a broadcast, you never know who's listened to a ball game. Right. Because we're in 50 states and 127 countries. Whenever you guys are creating a product, because it's not like it was 10 years ago when ProView got off the ground, 12 years ago now, or whatever the time is, streaming is, is widely available to a lot of individuals. You know, press boxes have it now. You know, the, the time when you started, there wasn't cable everywhere. There wasn't internet. Well, that was something that, you know, there's a guy named J.D. Healy that, uh, that was my partner at the time, that him and I, uh, first thing we had to do was get the infrastructure, and that's something that, you know, ProView impacted the whole state of New Mexico to have. An internet in the press box, an internet in the, in every gymnasium, and almost I'd say 95% of all gyms and and and, and football fields have have internet in their in their stadiums now. So when you're looking at, I'm going to call it competing, but I guess that's not the word. When you're looking at parallel products, so let's use the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference as an example. By the way, they have a free streaming service to their consumer, which is pretty incredible to me because not all not all conferences do that. But if you're watching a broadcast from like Black Hills or Regis or one of these other schools, are you are you paying attention to how they're doing it and the quality of it, or is this ProView is trying to lead the pack? Well, I, I think I want to reverse that. I think we lead the pack, and a lot of them are watching yeah. what we're doing. Uh, and you know, that's just my ego, probably a little bit. <laughs> my guys that work for me, but uh, you know, we've we've set a high standard for everybody to 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 mock what we're doing. I think. Lastly, my pro view takeaway thought is be it whatever whatever sport it is right it's like new mexico runners which is indoor soccer or the gladiators which is arena football or or basketball or or outdoor soccer. i mean there's so many it's the whole plethora what is the weirdest thing that you guys have covered 
where you've like drawn a large fan base? What is the thing that you created where it was you didn't think it would have so many eyes on it? Well, it's it's actually youth sports. Yeah, uh, Yaffle football and and AYBL basketball. Uh, those are the you know probably the ones that most announcers and most people are not so excited about. But mm-hmm. it's the excitement the kid the kids say yeah we're going to be on Proview networks and. And then it just goes to the schools, goes to the aunts and uncles, and the next thing you know, the, the watching, uh, watching Proview networks and watching themselves on on streaming is is uh, a big, been a big impact. Does it ruin like people's recollection of the game though? Because because when I was playing twenty five years ago or whatever it was now, oh yeah, my gosh, you got better. Yeah, I got so I got so much better over the years, <laughs> and better looking at the yeah. same time. So I mean. Uh, no, truthfully, uh, it, it's great though for somebody to have a career game and they can actually be talking and pull it up on their phone and say, "Look, here's when I scored 37 points. Yeah. Or here's when I made the winning touchdown with no time on the clock, or I, I made a hit a, hit a three-point basket to win the game and 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 have it vividly and be able to show those clips is, and and have it you know right on your phone at that time." I wanted to wind this one down talking you and in basketball real quick. We only got five minutes. Uh, you paid real close attention, obviously, all season. I did as well. I thought there would be a lot more growth for you and in basketball this past year. Didn't necessarily get it the way I thought we would, but they did double their team wins and they did they did do a lot of it without anyone over six ten playing in the front court. What did this team stand out to you over the years, Steve? What about what about the growth of this team makes you optimistic for the upcoming season? Well, first of all, you know, let's say the expectations is always at a high level for uh, the University of Mexico. As you alluded to earlier, there's no pro sports. So, right. Uh, so uh, college basketball is probably the most watched thing in the, in the, in the state of New Mexico. And UNM is right there with New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, uh, the expectations for me is, is really – to win all the home games, I, I just think that that's something that they should win all their home games, and then, and if they split on the road, then we've had a great season. And if they can, you know, win the Mountain West or be competitive in the first or second, and, and get to the NCAA tournament, that's that's been the history, not of New Mexico, but the whole Mountain West Conference. Years ago, I I had a sit down interview with uh, Dick Vermeil, who used to coach Kansas City Chiefs, coached uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Hall of Fame head coach. And uh, I had asked him that specific question. I was like, hey, coach, like, what is your definition of a winning season? And he was, win all your games at home and win half your games on the road. He's like, if you do that, you're going to win. Every, you're going to get. You're going to be in the mix at the end of every year. And it's interesting to me how, regardless of what sport it is, how that translates true. Because if you can protect the home court and you go in the – and get the ones you're supposed to get on the road. Now, I'm not saying you've got to win them all. You don't have to win every time you go down to New Mexico State. I want you to. I absolutely want you to. But that's a hard game to go down there and win every year, especially when they're winning games in the tournament. Well, I think Dick, Dick Vermeil said it best. I, I listened to one of his, you know, actually, I listened to you when you uh, listened to when, when you were out on the Super Bowl. But uh, he basically was talking. He says, "Is have patience with your coach, uh, give him a chance to prove himself." And even in in, in, in Spork speak out of there, are already people putting a limitation on the success of Coach Patino. He's got to do it in three years. He's got to do it in four years. Mm-hmm. And, I don't. I think that that's you take it year one year at a time because like this year, you never know when injuries are going to happen. You could lose five injuries and still you're a great coach and you got the great recruits, got everything else. But if you have injuries, 
and and things like COVID come up and like the on things that are unpredictable. I say you take it a year by year and you and you break it down. I think he had a great year for you know his team didn't give up. They competed to the end and 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 they had great moments of being brilliant, but they weren't consistent all year long. Well, and how fortunate we will be if we're 10 years from now and we're sitting at this exact same studio talking about year one, two, and three of Coach Patino and, you know, and what he's done a decade later. Cause... Well, look at Coach K. I mean, his first four years. I mean, here's, here's a legendary coach. They yeah. were trying to get rid of him in his first four years, and that's what I'm saying. That's the impatience, not just of New Mexico fans, but all, all, all sports fans now. They want instant gratification and instant success. And I think it takes time to build a program that's been down over the last three or four years. And, you, I, don't, and I don't think you can put a time frame on when it should be re, re, revitalized. Now, Steph, you might not know this, but Steve played for the Lobos. Steve, was a, he's a former Lobo player. Did you have the option to go to state when you were deciding on a college? I actually signed a, a letter of intent with New Mexico State. What what made you change that decision? What made you come to UNM as opposed to state? What was that defining factor? Well, I had a great, buy, great advice for a guy named Norm Day. He's from Clovis, New Mexico, and he said, "Here's the thing: the difference, the difference between New Mexico State and Las Cruces and 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 UNM is that." Uh, you may not play one game for University of New Mexico, but the fans will remember you forever. I love, I love everything about that. Steve Davis, you're the absolute best. And, uh, did we miss anything? Anything else in your world that we want to make sure we get out there? Well, no, we just got, got a lot of things going on. Go support the Gladiators this Saturday night. Yep. And, and uh, you, know, you know, Highlands and Western, they're playing sports this weekend. And just support New Mexico athletics. That's how I feel about it. Steve Davis, ProView Network's the absolute best in the business. Thank you for being you, friend. Whenever we get back, we got to take a quick phone call from Adam Young as we're going to talk to Mexico State University, and then we're going to sit down uh, with, uh, well, head coach of New Mexico Highlands football, Ron Hudson, and Ramon Atkins, who used to be a cowboy, and now he's a gladiator, and we're going to talk about professional debuts. It's going to be a real good program today. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. We're four minutes off where I want to be, and this is because I'm bad at time management. I've been told this all my life. Joining us on the program, voice of New Mexico State Aggies, Adam Young. Adam, how are you? Fred, I'm well. It's still a little busy down here, but uh, things are slowing down, I guess, a little bit more with the new coach. And now they're still doing a women's basketball coaching search. So it's been uh, it's been full on for a good couple weeks now, ever since the regular season ended. So, I mean, you need me to put my hat in, in the ring down there? You need me to coach the women's team? I think I can do it. I got a pretty good resume. I think they have some pretty good candidates. Oh, I'm not saying you okay. can't do it, but okay. I think they got some pretty good candidates. Tell me about the new men's coach. Tell me what's going on down there. Well, I, I've spent a lot of time with him the last 30 hours or so. We did a podcast interview with him yesterday morning. He was on the air with me last night during baseball, and then we did a video interview with him earlier today for our Cruising with Coach video series. So I've been with him often the last 30 hours or so, and he's impressive. Um, I've seen him interact with the players, and that's special to watch. I'm very, very happy with this hire, uh, no pun intended. A uh, great Hi-oh. hire, I think, is is a guy who um, is very similar to Chris Jans, a little bit younger than Chris Jans, but not by much. He played for Chris. He coached under Chris. He coached with Chris. And somebody used the word handoff the other day, and I thought that was really well put is this should be a pretty easy handoff from Chris Jans to Greg Heyer. 
they know each other very well. Chris, of course, left on very good terms. The program is in a really good spot. And uh, Greg Heyer has won everywhere he's been. And most recently, it was a JUCO national title. He's been a Division One assistant at a pretty high level for a number of years. And uh, he's a ball coach. He loves to teach. He's a really good guard development guy. And he's developed some NBA guards over the years, some really good ones, including Van Vliet and Landry Shamit and Waters and Ron Baker. So um, he has a really good resume, high-energy guy. He's a player's coach, it seems like, and that's everything I've heard as well. And um, I'm excited for the future of Aggie basketball. Congratulations, Mississippi State, though. They got a good one. Whenever Coach Jans left, do you did it feel like a secession plan, like this was the obvious go-to, or was it a recommendation? Talk to me a little bit about the process. How did Greg Heyer get in there uh, and get an opportunity to, to grab what I'm going to call a D1 program that's really growing right now? Yeah, I don't think it was an easy decision because James Miller was the associate head coach, and James did everything he possibly could to get the job. And uh, Mario Mocha, the athletics director, has made some really, really good hires, including Chris Gian's, probably most notably, and then Jerry Kill recently with football. So um, he did his due diligence, and um, Greg Heyer has been a guy who's been on the radar of a lot of athletic directors around the country. And I've talked to him about this the last couple of days in our interviews. On paper, this looks like the absolutely perfect starter job for a guy who hasn't been a Division One head coach yet. Typically, whenever you get that first shot, you're taking over a program that's rebuilding. This is not a rebuilding job. This is a program that consistently over the previous 10 years is winning 23-plus games every single year. Now, the expectations are high. Um, That's the kicker to it. You're also not going into a program where if you finish 500, that's going to be okay. He needs to win, but he's won everywhere he's been, and I don't think that'll be an issue with him. So the expectations are high, but I think any coach will tell you that they want the expectations to be high. That's that's when it's good. And he comes into a program that's coming off an NCAA tournament win. The fan support is really, really good, even when they don't win an NCAA tournament game, but it's even higher now uh, given what they just did. Joining us on the program, Adam Young, voice of the New Mexico State Aggies. The, the thing is, Adam, you never want to be the guy who replaces Derek Jeter. Like, you don't want to play short after Derek Jeter retires. You want to play short after the guy who replaces Derek Jeter. With the bar being so high down there at State, is it you have to get back to the tournament and you got to win a game, or is it you got to win two games? It's interesting you bring that up, Fred, because Greg Heyer did not shy away from that during his press conference. He talked about being the guy to replace Chris and He said he's comfortable with that. He said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay being the guy who's coming after Chris Jans. I know where the expectations are, and, um, he also said, too, that winning just one game isn't enough. If we win one game, why can't we win two games? Why can't we be St. Peter's? Why can't we go to the Elite Eight? And, you know, St. Peter's was on, you know, smaller ground than the Aggies. The Aggies have consistently won, and St. Peter's hasn't been in that situation, and now they go to the Elite Eight. So why not? I think Min Major showed during the tournament this year that you can win a game or two in the tournament. That's not impossible to do. And I think Sweet 16 is probably the next, uh, the next challenge. Forever since I've been here, everyone talks about getting that NCAA tournament win. Well, now you get it, and now people want more. And that's understandable. Uh, so I think Sweet 16 is probably the goal now. But 
Um, you need to build that program first. You need to build that roster and, and have success. And uh, it's kind of the start of a new era coming up soon because of the, the, the switch to Conference USA, and we'll see how things go with that. But I love this hire. He, he's, a, he's a high-energy guy. Um, he's a grinder. He's a relentless worker. He has a lot of Christian's traits. And, and I think the players will love playing for him. James Miller, he gone, right? Yeah, so James Miller is going with Christian okay. uh, to Mississippi State. That was already announced. Um, and then earlier today it was announced as well that David Anwar, who was an assistant under Chris here, who did um, a spectacular job in recruiting. And, and I think for the folks that are close to Aggie basketball, they know that David Anwar was the guy who was bringing in a lot of this talent. I mean, he was – a big-time recruiter at a mid-major. So uh, David Anwar is going with Chris as well, and uh, that's the cool thing about this handoff. I I love that term because I think it really is. And Chris was waiting for New Mexico State to make their decision. They hire Greg Hire. Greg's very close with Chris, and I think those two two folks are going to work together to figure out who's doing what and then make sure that everybody's taken care of um, because – basketball in the college landscape um, it's a big pie but it's also small because everybody knows each other Uh, so I'm pretty sure Greg Heyer has a lot of familiarity with a lot of people that Chris Jans is talking about or has had on his staff and vice versa so um, we'll see what happens but you know Greg said yesterday and said it again today that his phone's blowing up there's a lot of people that want to come here and coach with him there's a lot of people that want to come here and play for him and he has that JUCO tie as well in Northwest Florida, so we'll see what happens when he assembles the roster here going forward. All right, I need you to put down your broadcast microphone real quick. I need you to put on your fandom hat, okay? Albert Pujols. I don't return- know if there is a fandom hat. No, there is. Trust is me. Is there a fandom hat for us broadcasters? This, well, I mean, I, you and I have one for the St. Louis Cardinals, and Albert Pujols yeah. returned to the St. Louis Cardinals yesterday. And is this real life? In spring training, they put up 29 runs against the Washington Nationals today. So tell me, it's going to be an undefeated season for our Redbirds? Pujols, of course. This takes <laughs> me back, uh, Fred. This this takes me back to like eighth grade high school me rooting for the Cardinals, and you got Pujols and Molina and. And Wayne Wright. I mean, this is this is old this is old Cardinals days, right? I mean, this is this is classic Cardinal stuff. I, I, I hope he does well. Um, you know, I, I have nothing but um, great memories from from Poole's first tenure in, in St. Louis. So I'm hoping he finishes his career in a high note. And today was fun to see. I, I didn't watch the game, but I certainly saw the score. And I thought it was a, a college baseball midweek game. Looking at that, uh, looking at that final score, but. You know what? I, I, I don't know. Maybe the Cardinals' uh, offense will be something special this year. I have Bob Nightingale is joining me later today, and we're going to talk, obviously, about Albert Pools at length. But uh, you and I are both from St. Louis. You and I have a, a, a history of working together professionally. Is Do you have words to explain the phenomenon that was Albert Pujols as a St. Louis Cardinal while we were there? Because I don't think I can convey it to individuals around the country just how big of an impact it was. It's hard to explain. People got out of line at concessions to make sure they didn't miss him at bat. I agree 100%, Fred. I, I, I agree 100%. He, uh, he was um, as close to Mugiel as – um, I think anybody has been in St. Louis. And when I talked to my dad about St. Louis Cardinals baseball, and he's a, he's a diehard Cardinals fan, always has been, he has Stan Musial on a pedestal. But Pools was 
pretty close. I mean, he was up there. Um, and, and I think if he would have stayed in St. Louis his entire career, maybe it would have been a little bit different. But even so, um, you know, he had an opportunity in, with the Angels to make a lot of money. And the Cardinals were off the hook for a lot of money because he went there. And now they get him for relatively cheap. I think only $2.5 million for, uh, for this one season. Yeah, that's a steal. I mean, if he can hit a little bit, I mean, he hit a little bit with the Dodgers last year. And a cool story, quick story on, on Pujols. I have, um, I have a cousin who has special needs, and uh, she loves Albert Pujols, and she knows Albert Pujols because he has a stepdaughter who has special needs. And he did unbelievable things, Fred, when he was in St. Louis, and even after he left with a special needs group in, uh, in St. Louis. So, um, to me – He's just as good off the field as he is on the field because he did a lot for a lot of young kids in St. Louis um, that really needed him. And um, and I'll remember that probably more than all the home runs he hit at Bush Stadium. The the Pulse Family Foundation was a huge part of when I was working yes. for KMOX or KFNS when I lived in St. Louis. There was We could not go to an event or a fundraiser or a community giving where they were not featured. And that's even past the time that he was in St. Louis when he was in L.A. It was um, an impact that was made and then lasted. And now, obviously, with the return, we'll, we'll hopefully continue. So, Adam Young, we didn't have much time, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it, as always. Good dude. Adam Young, voice of New Mexico State Aggies. He's a world of talent. If you, uh, if, if you, if you're, okay, I'm just going to say it. If you're an Aggie, you got, you got probably the best broadcaster out here. I mean, he's the dude, the dude's unreal. He, he does it the right way. I mean, obviously Rob Portnoy and what he does with the Lobos, but it's different comments. It's a whole other story. We got to touch base with David Carl real quick about the United game tonight. And then Ramon Atkins will be joining us alongside Ron Hudson, head coach of the New Mexico Highlands Cowboys. And then Sebastian Noel, voice of the Gladiators, will be with us at 5.30. Bob Nightingale at 6 p.m. as we're talking baseball all night long. It's two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. It's a heck of a sports day. But the New Mexico United decided to steal all the headlines by playing a Wednesday one. Welcome to the program, David Carl. David, how are you? How are you? Doing good, friend. So what? I mean, you just, well, you can't just have the weekends now. You got to take the weekdays too? We prefer weekends. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Weekends are great. Everybody can get on out here. But, uh, you know, our fans are pretty fanatical, uh, as, as the name fan implies. And uh, they're coming on out for a Wednesday match too. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one tonight. All right. What do, what do I need to know about Oakland? What am I looking out for? Yeah, they, they were a team that last season kind of started off a little bit slow, but then about halfway through the year really got it together, made a really great run, actually, that started right after they, they tied with us last year, 1-1 here at the lab. Um, and then from there went on a nice little run, made it to the postseason, made some noise in the postseason. They've gotten off to a slow start again this year, but they're, uh, they're second best in the league as far as passing accuracy goes. They just haven't had that finishing touch yet. So what they're it, a good team. They're what, a confident team. Dave, what is that stat? Passing accuracy? What does that mean? Well, I mean, it's it's very similar to football, man. You 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 pass the ball. If the pass is completed, your pass accuracy goes up. If the pass isn't completed, it goes down. All right, what's up with the Harry Swartz drip? Does every everyone knows we started this, right? It's really your fault that he's just running amok in this league, man. So uh, yeah, he can he comes on the show. The man scores a goal in the next match. Which, by the way, he was with us all last season. He had an injury for for a decent part of the season, right. but he goes on the show, gets his first ever goal for New Mexico. No big deal. By the way. A week and a half later, gets his second goal. That's what I'm saying. And you boys, it's your fault. 
you've messed around and decided to be undefeated on the year, and that's I mean that's a pretty good way to do it. And then you're going to draw over ten thousand fans this last weekend, and you're the hotness of the city all again. And I'm not going to say it's because of me and having Harry Sports on the show, but it's a hundred percent what it is, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's really anything else that it can be attributed to. Mm. It couldn't have anything to do with you know the hard work, the practice, anything like that. It's really just the Fred effect. Little inside baseball, you and Peter Trevisani were on KKOB yesterday, um, which is about a wall separation from my studio to theirs. And you got what? You guys didn't have any hot WrestleMania takes as we were breaking down the uh, most fabulous show in the entire world? Yeah, I think I know less about WrestleMania than pretty much anything else when it comes to any sort of sport. Uh, (laughs) So I could have come in and just absolutely talked nonsense, um, which is what I typically do anyway, I guess. Um, But I, I know next to nothing about wrestling. Tickets still available for tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on out. Like I said, it'll be a fun little Wednesday. It's really nice. The the rain has cleared up entirely. We've been checking the radar. There's no more rain effects on the evening, so it's going to be a lot of fun here tonight. Um, and, again, if one, one of the things that's super, uh, super important on this evening, if we win tonight, uh, we take over first place in the Western Conference. What? That's right. I will be out there tonight immediately on the show. Obviously, I'll be a little bit late, but, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, that's life. You're telling me it's going to be clean out, so I don't need to bring the umbrella? Yeah, we're not expecting any sort of moisture any time for the rest of the evening. It will be a little bit windy, but that'll make things a little bit more fun. The last time we had a windy game like this, Austin Yearwood, Austin Yearwood scored the USL Championship goal of the year last season, so it makes it fun out here. Tickets are available on the website, tickets.com. Uh, New Mexico UTD.com. Uh, doors are open at 6, is that right? Yep, doors open at 6. First kick at 7 o'clock. Um, and again, go first place. That's a, that's a big deal. You guys are going to want to come out here and be part of it. If it's the first time you've ever been out to a United game, what's the bag policy? What's the getting down to the ballpark stuff you need to know to get in? Yeah, clear bag policy here at Isotopes Park for, for soccer and for baseball. So if you're going to bring in anything more than really a wallet, uh, make sure that it is a clear bag. Obviously, there's an exception there for, you know, diaper bags and things like that. If you've got a medical bag, obviously, please bring that. Don't put yourself at risk. But, um, you know, no purses that aren't clear, no fanny packs that aren't clear, all that kind of stuff. And uh, parking uh, available right across the street at UNM. Um, we also have handicap accessible parking, obviously, much closer to the stadium. And we uh, will love to have you guys out. All right, so after this one, I mean, what, you got a couple days off or what? I just, I need to understand how you keep, like, the team dialed in. Because you go from this one, then you got, like, two weeks, right? Is there, like, a friendly in between? Is there any way to stay to stay sharp before Phoenix Rising? There's something much better than that, than a friendly, actually. There's the U.S. Open Cup, which is, um, a tournament that, if you've been following the club since 2019, you know a lot about. So that is a tournament where clubs from all levels of American soccer compete to be the best team in America. So that is starting all the way at the amateur level, um, all the way up to MLS. And, and we played in that tournament in 2019, the last time it was played in full. And we went all the way to the quarterfinals, representing New Mexico to the entire nation. We beat two MLS teams along the way. And for the first time ever this year, we are going to be hosting a match. Next Tuesday, right here in Albuquerque at the UNM Soccer Stadium. Tickets are super cheap, starting at just 15 bucks. Um, and it's like I said, it's the first time we've ever hosted a match, and we're really excited about that. We'd love to have you guys come out to that as well. So if you win that one, then you get another one, or how does it work? Yeah, it's win and you're in and, and lose and go home. So if we win, we're playing Las Vegas Legends of uh, the NPSL. And so if we win that match, we play in the next round, and that is when the MLS teams start coming in. So we could potentially play an MLS team in the next round. You know I consider the national soccer team the women's soccer team. You know, if you, if you mm-hmm. say to me, 
national soccer team, I automatically assume you're talking about the women's. But the, right. the men's for the first time in what feels like forever, but I guess it's just four years, uh, looks like they're going to make the World Cup if they don't uh, allow 45 goals against them this upcoming match. Uh, what's that do for soccer as a whole? Does, does men's soccer being good and competitive help soccer all the way down, or, or is it just now the women's national team that matters? I think, I think it's both, frankly. I think when, when the U.S. men's national team is good, it's good for American soccer in general. And when the women's team is good, it's good for American soccer in general. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think none more important than, than young kids seeing you know, successful players that they know, successful players that they can relate to, and they can say, man, I want to be that someday. That's on the men's side. That's on the women's side. And so I think when, when we have successful American teams, it inspires the next generation um, and I think we're slowly getting better and better. Again, sometimes a little too slowly. Um, but I think it's a really exciting thing to see uh, the men qualifying tonight. Uh, the only way they wouldn't uh, would be to, to lose by six goals. And if that happens, well, they don't deserve to qualify for anything. Um, but, uh, but I feel pretty confident they're going to do so tonight. If Costa Rica puts six on my boys, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to yeah. lose it. Disband it all is how I feel. Uh, hey, yeah, did th- burn it to the ground at that point. Do you guys announce what kits you're wearing tonight? We will be wearing the best kit in the multiverse, the uh, the black Meow Wolf kit tonight, uh, which is recently ranked as the best kit in the USL Championship. Yeah, it's not even close. This show gets yeah. over at 7. I'll be down there at 7.15, so I'll miss the opening kick, but I'm going to take the rest of it in. David Carl, you're the absolute best. Appreciate you. See you out here. So almost Anitos. Let's get first place. Ron Hudson, Ramon Atkins, where we get back. We're talking football. Two men on 95.9 FM and 610. The Sports Animal. It's 5 o'clock. Hope you had a good work day. Glad you're with us. Man's not here. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I'm Fred Slow. Steph Griffin making the show go around. Is, uh, it, Steph, a little suspicious to you that Michael and Van are both not here at the same time? A little right. something? A little something. And we got stuck here. Yeah. The one day of the year it rains and they're both not here. Super weird. We did good, though, boys. We got Ramon Atkins, quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, and his collegiate head coach, Ron Hudson, head coach of the New Mexico Highlands Cowboys. Welcome, boys. What's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? Put that microphone right in front of your face, Ramon, and welcome to the world of radio and entertainment. Home opener last weekend for the Duke City Gladiators, and it was a big one, but it was a tough one, Ramon. It was your first time under under center in the Arena Football League. Talk to us about becoming a professional, my man. Um, Quick turnaround for me. as you may know, took my first snaps this past weekend and, you know, kind of all hit me. Uh, first play, I got right into it. You know, nothing like a nothing like a QB draw to get you going <laughs> in, the, in the first game. So, uh, woke me up a little bit, um, slowed the game down, um, had fun, um, you know, but it's never fun to lose. So. No, and, and it's tough. And, and uh, I called New Mexico Highlands Cowboys football last year, and you were the quarterback for the Cowboys up there. And was it four out of your last five? You led the team to W's, and, and it was a real good end of the year. And, and you were down here doing some pro day stuff, and you were getting ready to make yourself eligible to play professionally. And then uh, my very good friend in front of the program, Nate Davis, he goes down with the knee. He goes down with the knee, coach. Catches the knee in Arizona, and he's in a tough way. And they're like, well – Ramon Atkins is right here. This kid can play. Let's yeah. call him up. So how did how did that call go? How did you know you were going to get that opportunity to play quarterback for the only professional football team in New Mexico? Well, it kind of happened two weeks ago, um, prior uh, before that day. Um, talked with Coach Sherman Carter. Good dude. Um, oh, yeah, I like him. Kind of from the same hometown, too. Um, but, yeah, he hit me up. 
we talked about it. Um, I was watching the game. I saw him go down. Um, I was anticipating uh, some contact from him. Initially, I was supposed to be down there Tuesday for a tryout and, you know, kind of came down a day early. Whenever you're you're changing that mindset from collegiate play, and this is playing with guys that you've known for four years, and these are your boys, and this is you got classroom time, and 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 maybe red solo cup party time, and you got all this kind of like fellowship outside of it. How is it coming into a, a locker room that's only professionals? It's it's tough at first, um, but the best thing is you know they do they try to make you feel welcome, and I definitely felt that from the guys. Um, we joke, we play. Um, definitely all about business. My first day there, I was very impressed about how they carried themselves. It was definitely player-led. Um, Dello, he was he was great by talking to everybody on the field, getting us pumped up for the week, um, and ready to attack the uh, attack the game against Frisco. Tough first half for you and the Gladiators, but a heck of a second half on the comeback. And uh, you you and I, Coach Hudson, we were talking about this uh, before the show. Uh, what about it? Is it is the adjustments made for NFL or NFL, excuse me, arena football teams or collegiate football teams to be able to come back from what was a little bit of a thomping there in the first, mm-hmm. a little bit of a thomping in the first half. What adjustments are made by coaching staffs to be able to answer those kind of questions? Well, I think first of all, you you you're, you're looking at the game, you're seeing what's going on, but you're also looking in the eyes of your players a little bit too. You kind of you, you what you want to do is you understand it's a long game, and and you know that the talent level you got in the room, your talent level you have on, level you have on the field. Uh, you know, sometimes they're not playing to the level that they can play. So what you want to try to do is you want to settle them down. You want to try to get a little confidence back. So you, you, you get in and you start talking about the things you can do well. And that's really what you focus on. You focus on what you – you address a couple problems if there's anything that's immediately urgent. But then it's about what can we do well. We can do this. We can do this. And you start planting positive thoughts in their head about what you can get out and go do once you take the field. Because it's – momentum is such a huge thing. Once you get out there, and you saw it happen Saturday night. Right. Once you get out there and all of a sudden you make a positive play and something happens and you get that first touchdown, you get that first score going there in the second half, then all of a sudden, you know, guys stop thinking about the scoreboard. They just start thinking about playing. You know, we I, I've talked to guys before, and that, that scoreboard is a funny thing. If, if you look up there when there's a whole bunch of time left and you believe what that scoreboard says, then, then it's really going to kill you. So you don't worry about the scoreboard. You just worry about playing the next play. You worry about having fun and playing with your brothers, playing with your teammates, enjoying what's going on. All of a sudden – Things start to go your way. The things you did right all week in practice begin to start to take shape, and that's what happened again Saturday night. And then they see, you know, momentum shifts, and you're playing, and all of a sudden your guys get back into it, and the exact same plan that you wanted to use for the most part starting the, the game, all of a sudden those things start working a little better. The, the, the confidence comes back in what you're doing a little bit. The uh, You know, you're – you're making fast decisions. Uh, you're seeing things the, clearly again. Okay, you're not doubting yourself, and you begin to play better. And, it, and it's really the same guys executing that game plan, but they just have a belief and a confidence, and that's really the thing. So if you can get guys to settle down and play with confidence, you got a chance. In that second half, you do get that first score, that first professional score, Mo. What it? Give me that energy around that. Give me what that feels like. Um, I'm not really one to celebrate. You know, I'm always thinking <laughs> next play, um, but. Finally getting that first professional touchdown, it felt good, um, especially here at home in New Mexico, um, in front of my coach, in front of some of my boys that came down to the game to see. So it was awesome. How was that turnout for for I guess like like friends of you, friends of the quarterback? Like how was was were you handing out a bunch of tickets? Was it a, hey I know it's my first time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to need a handful here. I got some friends coming out. <laughs> um, 
No, it was a good turnout. Um, I hit up multiple guys, uh, some that couldn't make it. You know, they watched it online. You know, they hit me up after the game. They supported me very well, and I really appreciate that from them. So I have a great support system. Ramon Atkins, quarterback of the Duke City Gladiators, and Ron Hudson joining us. He is the head coach of New Mexico Highlands Cowboys. Uh, switching over to talk a little bit of collegiate football. I went to spring practice last Saturday, and you had the you had the team out there in helmets, and they were going. And Ramon, do you miss it? I do. <laughs> <laughs> we miss him. I can tell you that he was a heck of a player. He is a heck of a player. But uh, yeah, we got out there and we got going. It's uh, you know we. Uh, we're practicing outdoors. There's no indoor facility up there, so we're outside practicing. So we pushed it back. Started our first day Saturday. Had a heck of a day. Really, really excited. Uh, the guys did a great job. They went out and competed their tails off. And it was kind of funny, you know. We 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 had some cooler weather all off season, and so we get out there that first Saturday, and that sucker jumps up in the in yep. the upper seventies, and it was warm. It was a good day. We had a good lather going, but it was a bunch of fun. It was a beautiful day. The balls flying around. Guys had a lot of fun. Ramon, I'll tell you this: I was out there watching practice, and. It was a practice, and by the way, love the way practice started. I don't know what the practices were last year, but there's something to me about getting out there and doing the warm up. The warm up to me, I think, is lost for some reason. Yeah, you can't trust student athlete to stretch and warm up. Here's the thing, boys, they won't do it. Like they just <laughs> won't. So the group won't. But anyways, we're halfway through the practice, and the training staff Ramones running, getting like sunscreen. For all these guys, yes, Cause, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, the sun had come out so bright, and like, but in these, in, but by the way, you needed it. It was, yes. it was. That's a high sun up there, but uh, but yeah, you had, I don't know, just under, I guess there's just under 100 kids on the team, right? Yep. really, and, yep. in the 70s, in the 70s, and, and uh, got out there, and like, we're we're in great shape. Uh, coach Taylor, our strength coach, has done a heck of a job getting these guys in shape, ready to go. But we'd been running in cooler weather, so we had a couple guys that, and, and you know, we're, we're playing, we're competing and really what we're focused on is playing snap the whistle as hard as we could play, uh, let them regather, then go snap the whistle, trying to practice to play at a, at a certain tempo. And uh, and when that heat can't, kicked up, it jumped on them a little bit. It, it was a good day. Now, it was we had we were off Sunday, so we, we didn't have a lot to worry about. But I tell you what, they'd spent everything they had in the tank by the end of practice on Saturday. How'd the week go? Week went great. Uh, had a chance, uh, you know. Obviously, we practiced Saturday and then got got up. The whole staff came up to watch uh, to watch the Gladiators play Saturday night. There you go. Everybody's pulled for a moment. We had guys over there on the on the sideline with them. We had guys up in the stands and that kind of stuff. So it was a blast. Then we got back there, got chance to uh, what the what we the way we do it is we get together in the mornings. And we'll watch the practice film. So uh, I buzzed it real quick after practice, but sat down with staff and talked about it. And we've had a heck of a week. Had a practice yesterday. Had a, had a Good practice yesterday. I have another one tomorrow coming. But uh, kids are competing. Kids are playing. Tomorrow will be the first day in shoulder pads. So it'll be, it'll be good weather. A little cooler, but still good weather. We'll bang a little bit. It'll be a lot of fun now. We're, we're really starting to crank it up. And kids are very, very excited about the direction we're going. Ramon, thinking back to spring practice and, and all the different ones you went through for all those years, what were you looking to establish in spring practice? What about spring football to you was, was how you were going to set the table for the rest of these guys to eat? Really starting with myself, you know, um, really honing in on that leadership role and taking care of myself so I know I can help take care of my guys moving on. So um, fighting in the spring and me being here with only a couple other guys over the summer uh, really helped solidify that for me um, moving on into the season. Whenever whenever you come out as a squad for that first time, is there any hangover from the year before? Is there any – because it was the f- – the four and one finish to the year with the year started off slow for the Cowboys last year. Yeah. I mean, it was a big turnaround there at the end. Is there any conversation of that or is it all forward eyes? 
uh, for us, it's forward eyes. Now we've it, a lot of it's because of the complete change in staff. So uh, the 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 change and and an emphasis on some different things. It's a real emphasis on culture about doing things the right way and 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 making sure that we're taking care of our business. So uh, you know, schemes on both sides of the ball are slightly different. So guys are really focused on that. So there's not a lot of there's not a lot of looking back to some of the success success we had now. As coaches, as I sit down and I talk to those guys, I, I can I can talk to our staff about, hey, look, these these are some attributes, these are some things these guys have done well that we can build on. But no, it's it's really more about looking forward, about starting from scratch and building something from the ground up every year. Because you graduate guys like Ramon, you graduate great players. Every year is really a new team. First team so, all Armac. For exactly, first team all Armac. Great player, dynamic player. We miss the heck out of him now. We've got some we've got some good guys there, but. The, the kind of talent that he had and the leadership that he showed, we really, really miss. And we will. That'll be that way until the new group of seniors takes over and they begin to kind of put their own stamp on this program. So really that's what it is. It's about looking forward about every year building this new team from scratch and putting a good foundation in. We did that in the off season, early in spring brawl doing that. We're getting ready to crank this sucker up as we go. Ramon, whenever you were playing three years as a starter, you obviously a lot of, you did a lot. I mean, you played offense pretty well. You're yeah. a pretty good little quarterback. So whenever you were doing it, was there a former player or was there a coach or someone outside of the game that was a big influence to you on how to play the game on the field? And if there was, do you plan to emulate that at all with some young bloods that might be there now? Or is, is, it, a, is it a learn on your own kind of system whenever you're getting into the D2 quarterback level? Well, going into it for me, um, my brother was there. So he's always been there since we were younger, um, coming up through youth football and moving on. Um, kind of took a couple guys under my wing to help uh, mature them, um, as I wish they had uh, matured me after my brother had left. So that's kind of how that goes. Hold on just a second. Did you say good little quarterback? I mean, I mean, <laughs> what do you I tell six you? Three? What we, six three? Yeah, two thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> He's bigger than half the old lineman in the league right now. I mean, he's a big old horse. Now. Not a little guy at all. Like, what's the? There's always weird measurements too when it comes to what, like hand size. That's the one everyone talks about now, right? Uh, it's like, how big do the hand? I'm like, how does anyone know how big their hands are? Who measures that? <laughs> the NFL does. Yeah. The NFL yeah. does that combine. They're going to measure it, and obviously, it means something because they get all worked up about it. When you're going through, like, uh, like getting your tape and doing stuff for Pro Day and stuff, was there anything that you didn't expect to have to prepare for? Was there stuff like that where it was, hey, stretch your, your pinky to your thumb? or what? I don't, I don't even know how to, to put that into a fair question. Um, no, all of it was kind of expected. Yeah. Um, you know, we prepare for every little detail we can. Uh, so just educate yourself on, you know, moving forward. And when it's your turn, you know, be prepared. Talking a little bit more football whenever we get back from the break. We've had a very good episode of Two Men On so far today. But my day didn't start here on the radio show. It started at the YMCA of Central New Mexico Boys. That's where I do it every single day. Well, they got what I need. So they got the basketball court, which obviously I need because I need it for the mental break. But I'm a cardio guy. Get out there, free weights. Also, my elbow's been a little loose. So I can take advantage of talking to individuals there and know a little bit about sports science. Check out the YMCA of Central New Mexico right now. If you join as a family, it's a family plus one. I think it's like 55 bucks. You get all the youth programs for free and then a dual parent family i think it's like 65 bucks and you get all the youth programs for free that includes basketball and volleyball and all the things that your kid wants to get excited about two men on 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal back on the program been a really good program thus far talked a lot of basketball in the first hour talked a little bit of united soccer with friend of the show david carl big thank you to adam young of new mexico state 
who joined us, and Steve Davis of ProView Networks. Now we're talking football with head coach of New Mexico Highlands Cowboys football, Ron Hudson, and quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, Ramon Atkins. All right, boys. Ramon, you went to New Mexico Highlands. You were a cowboy. Dude, let me see your tattoo. You got a cowboy tattoo? No, oh, you didn't get one yet? Ohio. Oh, okay, Ohio. All right, from Columbus. <laughs> uh, but from Columbus by way of Gary, is that correct? And then all the way out to beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico. Right. Had one little pit stop in uh, Lorman, Mississippi. Well, I don't know nothing about that. Tell me about th- uh, Allcorn State and the SWAC. How is that? What's, how's Mississippi's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was fun. Um HBCU life is definitely different. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed my time there for sure. Met some great people. Still talked to a couple of guys there. You should have waited four years because now NIL money in historically black colleges is through the roof right now. Like, they, they got all the best fundraisers, fundraisers out there. I don't – I got to learn more about NIL because that is that's to me is the next. I, and I don't even know what you can talk about legally, coach, on the radio. So we'll be real careful here. <laughs> but that is the next one for me on on making sure that kids are being compensated fairly for their commitment to the game. Yeah, because life's a lot easier when you got a couple extra bucks in your pocket. There's there's no other way to describe that. No other way at all. So when you decided on Las Vegas, New Mexico, for the to become the Cowboy quarterback, what was the draw? What brought, what, what about the city? What about the conference? What about the team excited you to to wear the purple and purple and white? Um, well, it all started with my brother. Yeah, um, he was already here. Um, I had a small chance to play with him in high school. I was a freshman; he was a senior. Um, coming out of 2015 fall. Um, they were looking for a quarterback. Their quarterback had just left. They graduated, and, you know, um, he felt I could come in and be the starter and, you know, given the opportunity to play two more seasons with him, um, knowing we could do great things, that kind of really influenced my decision. How does that work for you, Coach? Do you feel Mm -hmm. like feeder aspects like that are very important to the success of a team, or do you feel like it's more traditional approaches to recruiting? Uh, you know, I th- I think both of them take place. Yeah. You know, I think you go- at this level, you're you're going to have to do both of those. You really, I mean, ideally, and I said this last one when we talked about this. You know, I think you you want to build a foundation with with with, with traditional recruiting ideas, but I think you you know you're gonna you're looking for guys. You're looking for impact players like Ramon. You're looking for guys around the country. Uh, you graduated a guy. You're looking for guys that can come in, that can contribute and kind of help because you're going to be playing against some of those other guys. Every school in this in 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 D2 football at that level, they're looking for guys that, you know, the, the portal has really hyped this up even more. Right. But, uh, but you're looking for guys to come in that compete and that make a difference. So every, every team that we're going to play this year has got a few guys that have done this, and, and you're, looking for, you're looking for guys that are great players but also great people. So the, the, the fit is really what you're looking for most of all. When you're talking about Las Vegas, New Mexico, what is the, what's the selling point for the stuff off the field? Like what? Like in, and you were there for multiple years, Ramon. What are the things that jumped out to you about the community and the fan base? To where, if you were talking to future recruit, or maybe even Coach Hudson's already overlooked it a little bit. What's the thing that is a cannot miss when talking to prospective athlete in New Mexico Highlands? I had uh, we had a couple of visits um, mm-hmm. this past semester, and one thing I always tell them like, this is the perfect town to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. Um, there's not a lot of distraction. If you're looking for distraction, you got to go find it. So, you know, really figuring out what you want to do with life and um, knowing those steps to get there, they'll definitely help you out with that, especially the uh, teachers on campus. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a unique place. There's, uh, you know, there's there's a couple different aspects to that. You're looking at you got young men coming in 
especially young men that have come in, coming in from places that have, that have had distractions, have had other things going on. It gives you a chance to come in. You know, we, we talk a great deal about uh, graduating when guys come in here. So we're talking about getting that college degree. So coming in here, you know, we're, athletics are very important. You know, there's, there's, there's some social life you can have here uh, in, in Vegas. You, you, you know, we have our, our guys enjoy college. They enjoy their college experience. But there's not a whole lot going on because it's such because it is a small town, right? So it allows you to kind of focus, you know. Uh, you know, during the week there's not tons of things going on. Uh, there's a few things, but but really you can focus on school. You can focus on getting your rest, taking care of your body. Uh, you know, we'll have a good time when, when when it's appropriate. But for the most part, you focus on getting things done to to reach your goals, to get your college degree, to get yourself in position to to be the best student athlete you can be. And there's and there's some other things also that are unique that are a little farther away, but they're close to us. You know, we we sell outside of Vegas. We sell a, a lot of the the uh, the outdoor stuff. You know, if you if you like to ski, if you like to snowboard, those kind of things. You know, those those are all around us. We're we're in heaven up there. And we're you know we're we're at over five thousand feet here, so we're 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 up there. There's some snow. You can get up there and do some hiking. There's a lot of fishing. There's hunting, uh, skiing, snowboarding, that kind of stuff. You know, we tell guys one of the things we talk about when guys come is, you know, uh, about ten times a year the university will they'll they'll pack students up just normal students and if you're an athlete you're a normal student as well you just take you take your student id card you jump on a bus they take you to a ski resort and you spend the day up there and that's part of being a student there it doesn't cost you anymore so kids get up there you if you like skiing snowboarding the outdoor life hiking biking those kind of things you can really get out there and have a great time if those are kind of things that that interest you uh but like i said on the other side if you're really wanting to focus on academics and, and being the best student you can be and focus on being the best athlete you can be, it allows you to do that as well. We have great facilities. We have great coaches. But at the same time, there's not a whole lot of other stuff going on outside of that 24-7 like there are a lot of other places that guys can get distracted by and end up looking around and all of a sudden their GPA is plummeted. Right. Ramon, you get that degree? Oh, yeah. I'm working on my master's right now. Oh, yes, he is. Guy right here. What's, hey, what's it in? Uh, human performance in sport. I don't even know what that means, but I'm in. I'm 100% <laughs> in on that. I'm also working on exercise science. Too. Oh, my gosh. All right, so you're going to play football for a little bit, and then what's, what's the ultimate goal? What did, what did Highland set you up for success for? Um, starting LLCs. Yeah. So opening up, um, having multiple businesses under my name and trust and all that. So it's going to be great. That's what it's about. Ramon Atkins, quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, formerly of New Mexico Highlands University Cowboys, and Ron Hudson, head coach of the Cowboys. All right, give me the final thoughts, boys. You got We're going to get through the spring, and then obviously, are you? Are, hey, I don't know if this is off the record. Are you playing your first home game in Albuquerque or not? Um, it has been announced we're playing our first game. We're, we're playing uh, Eastern in Albuquerque. Yep. Okay. So Thursday night. So this is big, right? Yeah. This to me yeah. is about as big as – I can't go around this town. By the way, I stand about two inches taller than Ramon, but I mean, I ain't got the muscle he got. <laughs> but when I walk around town, like people, people know I'm the voice of the New Mexico Highlands Cowboys. Yep. And there is such a connection to the university here in Albuquerque, huge that I didn't know existed before I took the opportunity. And it will fill out. You will absolutely play in a community stadium. Is that right? Yes. There yes. we go. That's such a good venue too. So the season is going to open up, uh, and whatever everything that leads up to that is what it's a hundred percent investment. It, it's guys all day, every day, up until the start. Or do they get some time off? Do they get to breathe a little bit? Do they get to enjoy the summer? What is what is collegiate athlete in Mexico Highlands University looking forward to for the next 
two months. Okay, so we'll, we just started spring ball. We're going Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays in the afternoon. Saturday, 9.30 to noon. So if you're up that way, if you want to come watch the ball, come watch us. We'll have a scrimmage on the 23rd. We'll have a scrimmage on the 30th. Our spring game's April 30th. So then we'll wrap up spring ball. We'll get out. The kids will finish up. Then there's two. the first two weeks of May, they'll finish up final exams. And then we want to get them out of there a little bit. So we'll get them out for the rest of May. We want to get them home. Go go have fun. Get Just get out of Vegas for a while. Kind of recharge. Get yourself away. Get, get yourself ready to rock and roll. We'll have a number of kids that, that, that are going to – they'll set up. They'll get a place to stay, and they'll get a job, and they'll come back and work in the summer. So we'll get guys ready to go. But basically, uh, football – Official football will start up. We'll get guys back in about the last 10 days or so of July. First of August, we start training camp. We'll training camp right up till it's time to go play those boys from Eastern over here in Albuquerque. Ramon, and then for you, you obviously you got Duke City Gladiators. You're playing this weekend. And it's, it's actually four games in a row at home, which is, yeah. I mean, a pretty good way to start the career if you're going to start the career. Um, but the NFL draft is coming up. You're going to go through that whole process. You're either selected or you're not. And then what? Is it fielding calls from NFL, USFL, XFL, and seeing if there, anyone has interest? Yeah, that's kind of the route. Um, you know, IFL looks to help those guys yeah. move on um, to those uh, higher levels. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of what they've done for me so far. So if that call is to come and let's say it's uh the ex let's say it's the Battlehawks in St. Louis, whatever. I mean that's my XFL mm-hmm. team. So let's say they reach out and they're like, Hey Ramon, we need you to come out. Is it a thing where you you just leave the IFL right away and you gotta go? Yeah, that's yeah. kinda how it works. Um get the call, you know, you talk with the staff, uh let them know what's going on and you know, you're either driving out or you're on a plane ticket headed out that way. That's what it's about. Also, Battlehawks got a pretty good little fan base. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying you got to pick one team, but I mean, that's the one I would go with. I'm a big XFL guy. I like, I like Vince McMahon. Uh, anything we miss, boys, before I cut you loose? Oh, um, this Saturday, come check out the new field. They just laid it down, so it looks pretty. Is it pretty good? Yeah. The, so I know a little bit of the the like economics behind this thing. The state was a big supporter of this new field. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it went all the way up to the top level, and they were like, hey, we, we got a little extra money here to be able to help, like um, – like programs in the state that are helping the community and the gladiators, not just a professional sports team, but community driven and oriented. And they're like, Hey, you guys are doing a lot to help like the youth. You're doing a lot to help schools, the huge coat drives and food drives and mm-hmm. specifically during COVID. And the state was like, uh, yeah, we, we got a couple extra bucks here to help you with a new field to play on. So yeah, just a big investment from the state and the gladiators and, and just a tremendous organization. Coach Hudson, uh, you got practice in the morning. I'll be out Saturday. Come on. Yeah, we're going to see that. And then I will be out the following Saturday because that's, that's the game, right? Uh, well, the following Saturday, we'll, we will have – following Saturday is the ninth. We'll have a practice and we'll have a – Oh, I'm uh, a whole month early. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Whole month, that's okay. We'll have a practice. We'll have a practice that day. And we'll actually have a camp. We'll have some kids coming up to, to check us out afterwards as well. So things are heating up up there in Vegas, man. Come on up to Vegas. Come check us out. Come check out some ball. Uh, check out – we got baseball and softball playing. we got all kinds of stuff going on. But, but it's a great place. It's a great time of year. Weather's going to be gorgeous. It's beautiful up there. Are you going to come up May 2nd for the awards banquet? Yes, you are, Ramon. We're going to make sure that happens. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm telling jokes on the microphone, so you better be there laughing because I'm going to need that encouragement in the crowd. Where we get back, Sebastian Noel is going to join us. He's talking Duke City Gladiators with us. Uh, also, I mean, I'm sure he'll just make fun of me a lot because that's kind of his <laughs> MO when he's on the program. You boys are the best. It's two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live on the program. If you left the office at 5.30, you, well, you're in the car with us now. That's very nice. Thank you to head coach Ron Hudson of New Mexico Highlands Cowboys and Ramon Atkins, quarterback of the Duke City Gladiators, formerly New Mexico Highlands Cowboys, and now the voice 
of the Duke City Gladiators and like I guess like my internal thought process, Sebastian Noel. Sebastian, how are you? Good. I'm I'm glad to I was told Van would be here. We agreed that if I ever appeared on the program, mm-hmm. it, I would get the full experience yeah. with Van. And it wouldn't be as, you know, uh, one of these things where, you know, where you call and you said, hey, I'm by myself today. I don't have the material to go all right. three hours. I need you. And you're practically begging. And then as a friend, I'm obligated. Well, also, you're leaving out where I was like, hey, do you think I could do three hours on Tiger returning for the Masters? <laughs> and you were like, Fred, I don't think you do 30 minutes on it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's even generous because I... I could I couldn't do three. I don't know how you have time for anything in between Albert Pujols' coverage. I, I tell you what. So we're you're loosely joking, but you're not. None at all. You know me pretty well, and and here on the Albuquerque Sports Talk Radio, it doesn't translate. No, uh, no, no. But I I spend so many moments of my day just like I like straight lining IV Albert Pujols news and updates. Right. And uh, the Cardinals cannot post enough. Like candids of Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright just walking. Well, you know uh, when that whole—I uh, don't know if you heard about the Will Smith thing. Uh, is it is it new? Is it a new thing? Happened uh, just it was pretty recent. Okay, it's pretty topical. Yeah, but I remember you know I'm going through searching for the most offensive memes I can find because mm-hmm. those are the only kind I like. And then this Pujols story breaks, and the first person I think of is is my friend Fred Slow. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. This Pujols thing could be the only thing that gets him away from this story on Monday. He's got to be internally so torn. Like, do I want to go three hours of Pujols yeah. or I have this other thing that happened that everyone else is talking about? And naturally, you always would gear towards Pujols. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and so Sunday night, because you know me, I'm an award show junkie. Like, you put award shows on, and I'm just ra- I'm just. Not that I'm like pen and paper writing notes of jokes the whole time. That's basically it because I'm watching. And I'm like, okay, the best thing in the history of TV has ever happened. I'm going to start firing jokes. I'm not funnier than the internet. The internet is so much funnier and faster than I am. By the time I got out like my third joke, I was like, oh, I've already been surpassed. Like this is, I've literally wasted all my talents. And I mean, those moments are literally what Twitter was created for. 100%. Oh, it's the best. I mean, those memes, the jokes, oh, it's mm-hmm. just the best. The, there, were, there are three times in the history of Twitter where I was like, I think it's going to break. Number one, Will Smith and Chris Rock last night. That's right. 100%. Uh, when Osama bin Laden was killed, I thought, I thought, okay, this is going to break Twitter right. as well. And then when Albert Pujols re-signed with oh, the boy. St. Louis Cardinals oh, for $2.5 million. <laughs> you thought maybe that that would be the third one, huh? I thought I might do it. thought yeah. I might put it over the edge. Oh, boy. Did yeah. not put it over the edge. No? It, it survived? That's shocking. <sighs> Your Duke City Gladiators were one play away from the championship last year. They were. Tough on championship with, appearance. Championship appearance. Right. I yes, I but, but we know they would have. They would have beat Massachusetts because who wouldn't? The Pirates of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, we would have name for stupid yeah. Team. No, we would have. We would have kicked their. You know what? They're they're peg legs. Yeah, little yeah. peg legs out there. Yeah, yeah. Tough on to start on the year and uh, has not been close yet for the Gladiators. Obviously, you're as plugged in as anyone. What's the home team got to do this weekend to beat this dumb Rattlers team coming to town? Uh, well, you could say that they haven't hit their stride yet. Yes, that's a fair way. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And uh, this is obviously a tough start to the schedule. This is already the second time we're playing the Rattlers. But, you know, I'll tell you, Ramon's got a cannon for a right arm there. He, you know. He's big and strong, right? Yes, big dude, yeah. he you got to pass it in this league more than nine times, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. 
absolutely. But you know, he's got the cannon. Definitely, the thing is going to be: does he have that? You know, you've been you've been to the game right. as a media person. I say media person because fans pay. Media, uh, yeah, exactly. So fans actually pay and contribute mm. to the local sports scene. But um, you you need that deep ball, right, with a little bit of air under it that only the receiver, that only Adelo Davis can catch, right, right, or it goes over the wall. It doesn't get intercepted. And Ramon's got that deep, or he's got that cannon, that line drive. I I, I thought maybe they pulled him a little early. You know, he didn't get a chance to really get his get comfortable. Right. So I, I hope he gets some more reps um, and, and see if he can throw that deep ball, which is so crucial. Uh, is this not adjacent enough? Am I getting too into the weeds? Well, here's the thing about because I'm such a Gladiators fan, right? No, I, no, 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 no. We established fans pay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you you don't qualify. I'm such a um, fan of what they do in the community. Ah, okay. Yeah. That I want their play on field to go well as well. Right. And obviously as as the voice in Mexico Islands Cowboys, I was like, well this is the perfect this is yes. This is the con confluence of of all worlds. I wanted to like right. come together and be just amazing and perfect and wonderful and it was a tough tough first half for Yeah. And um, second half. And second half. Yeah. And the scary thing is the Rattlers that you mentioned which They're very good. Yes, the best team in the league. <laughs> And uh, they haven't given up a point in the second half of either of their games. So, you know, that's going to be tough. After the four-game homestand, is there a chance that this team is sitting 3-2 and two or 2-3? Two and three? Yes. There is. Yes. Is it high? <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, you never know what happens, right? You don't. No. But um, the good news, I, I know because you're, you're a guy about – Positivity and that, good news. That's how it exists. Yeah. The good news is the Rattlers player that injured Nate Davis, mm-hmm. obviously a dirty player, right? Because uh, because I, he injured Nate Davis. I, I after it happened, I wrote this. I said uh, his name, which I've now gone on to forget because that's what I do with people who commit crimes. Right. I said, uh, I hate your stinking guts. Uh, yeah. And I posted that. Right. Well, uh, he proved that he is a dirty player once more this week when they played at San Diego. Because he committed two personal fouls. So he will be sitting out. So he will not be making the trip. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he won't have a quarterback to injure this week because he'll be at home so, in Arizona thinking about his crimes and his dirty play and just his general rough shot that he's run uh, these first two weeks. So if there was to be a retribution of sorts, it would have to wait until June because that is the next time mm. that Duke City plays the Rattlers. And that is also here. Right. At Rio Rancho. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait all the way till June. Up against the PBR, and I think there was a United game. There was a bunch of stuff going on last weekend. Pretty good little crowd out there at the event center, huh? Yeah, and, and they, they got loud in that second half, and we started putting some points on the board. Mm-hmm. So they were into it. Yeah, no, I think the team had to have been pretty happy. I, I, I mean, I haven't spoken to anyone. They, they won't return my calls. But, uh, no, I, I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. But I think they had to be pretty happy considering everything that was going on in town. And uh, we had a nice crowd out there. You know, they do such a great job, uh, the whole the whole Gladiator team there with the with the pregame tailgate, which I know you enjoy because it's free. Yes. And then with the, uh, the pregame, the uh, Gladiator girls performance there, which I know you enjoy because it's free. Yes. And then the, you know, the halftime festivities, which I, I know you enjoy because they're free. It is, I believe, free. Yeah. yeah so, you know, I mean, the, the game day experience, Fred, as you know, because for you it's uh, free, mm-hmm. is great. Statewide broadcast this upcoming Saturday? Yes, that's very exciting. And I, I, I understand they put the new turf in this week. That's, yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
fans on the live stream, which, by the way, are brutal. Uh If you've ever watched the live stream on YouTube, the fans just, they let everyone have it. And uh, they were commenting maybe that our field had a few too many lines. Right. Yeah, that wasn't up to par. And, you know, uh, it's a new field. It's in this week. I saw some pictures of it. Looks very clean, very nice. Should be the nicest turf in the in the league. So they got that going down. The game's on Casa Fox Two. That's exciting, and uh, the Rattlers are in town. So that's exciting. I I I also broadcast for the Runners, which is indoor soccer here in town. Where do they play? Uh, Rio Rancho Vincent. Oh, those were the, is that what those lines? That are? is what oh, the okay. lines are. They were uh, obnoxious. Yes. Yeah. And whenever uh, the live stream is equally. Uh, brutal yeah. for for the for that, but I'm the one who interacts. Oh, see, no, I'm so, a professional. No, I do and it I personally, can, and I continue broadcast. No, no, I will, I will literally say this phrase, and I'll be back in one moment as I have to break one off digitally on this keyboard. Back to returning action. Speaking of, Sebastian Noel helps me break down the headline main event of WrestleMania this upcoming weekend oh. as oh. Roman Reigns battles Brock Lesnar for the Unified Championship. And more to come. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. What is this terrible song you have picked, Griffin? What is this? The bass line should have dropped hours ago. in there, but it looks like living in the 110 Prophets of Rage. I delete this, whatever this is. Get this out of the mix. Yeah. Sit, shoot that straight up the ladder. How long are you living in Albuquerque? Uh, 98. Yeah? 98. Long time now. Yeah. I was enjoying the promo before the song. I was, I was because that is about. the reputable program that I normally appear on. The opening drive. Yes. So before you were a regular contributor with Jeff Symbieta and J.J. Bach in the opening drive, you were a fan of the program. Yes. Yeah. Like, how how unique and special are those dudes? Like, the amount of, like, specific to Albuquerque and New Mexico sports knowledge that Jeff Symbieta has, which is an encyclopedia that I think is... Like no other, I'm trying to think of anyone. Henry Tafoya, maybe? Like what? Marty Watts? Like who else? Marty Watts. Who else is on that level? But then to watch J.J. Buck's stories, he's come up and become like voice of the Lady Lobos. Right. And just, it is a – And no one is like more prepared for everything. Oh, he knows it all. Yeah. Than J.J. Like, yeah. And then now I just come here and do this with you. With slumming is what it's called. Yeah. 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 So uh, you, the parking lot's empty. No, The building's empty. Like – yeah, it's it's so fitting. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, on brand. Yeah, I mean, no prep went into this. I just kind of showed up. Uh, we did have a ten minute pre interview phone call this afternoon. Don't act. I don't know if we can call it that. <laughs> well, we can't repeat anything we said on that phone call either. But Griffin, the whole conversation was things we can't talk about, and then we talked about those on the phone call yeah. before the radio program because those are things that we probably would have steered towards on the program. So I, th- knowing you as yeah. I know you. I thought, you know, it would be best if I called Fred and we got all these inappropriate things out of the way. Super smart. So they don't come up on the program. Joining us on the program at 6 o'clock, Bob Nightingale of USA Today. We're obviously going to talk about pools. <laughs> as, as you would, yeah. So you got, what, you got Roman Reigns clean over Lesnar in the main event? You know, as a Braves fan, it's crushing to me that <laughs> Freddie Freeman is no longer an Atlanta Braves since, you know, you mentioned Bob Nightingale. Yeah. I wonder if you'll have a chance to mix in some Braves questions because from everything that I had been reading, mm-hmm. he wanted to stay. If you stick around for nine minutes, you can ask Bob oh, yourself. I would, this, I would love to. This exact question. Because everything I was reading was he wanted to stay, right? And basically his agent didn't make that happen. 
And so that's where the breakdown happened. To me, it sounds like his agent should have been fired. <sighs> he got the money he deserved, right? Yes, but I think the Braves were offering equal money, and he wanted to stay. So if the player wants to stay and the money's the same, but essentially the agent is playing, uh, is having a you-know-what contest with, right. with Alex Anthopoulos, then did that agent properly serve his client? So that's when you get into the weird MLB, PA, like how you're represented, why is Scott Boris in the room kind of conversation. I'd rather ask a professional like Bob Nightingale <laughs> than you just going on and on about it, actually. So, yeah, like seven minutes now? Yeah, okay, it, yeah all right. You yeah. want to lead with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's. And then you can just get into an hour of Albert Pujols. It's, I mean, he deserves one hour. Yeah. He's the greatest of all, right, all time. Now, over under, how many at-bats do you think he's going to have in this last season? Uh, he needs 21 home runs, so over He'd have however long it takes to get to 22. Well, I don't think he's going to play another five years. You, he had 12 in half a season with the Dodgers. Right. Because he can do it. Okay. But, uh, no, another year has passed. I mean, half of a year has passed. Okay, but you understand it's going to be pinch hit appearances against left-hand pitching only, right? So maybe you're not up on the news currently. Please. Um, so there is a universal DH now. They right. put it in the National League. And I believe it when they wrote it down, they called it the Albert Pujols rule. Is that what they yeah, called it? that's what they did. But you and still have to be able to hit like a slider from a right-hander. As far as historically significant, game-changing right-handed bats, Albert Pujols might be number one. Hmm. Now, left-handers, you're going to have a whole other conversation. In Cardinals history? or in All history. Oh, okay. Who's better? Jimmy Fox? Right, Who's better? Right-handed hitters? Yeah. Well, you know, Chipper, when he's batting from that side. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, you know, he bats from both. Larry, you're going to put Larry. You heard, he he bat, he switches. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he bats right, sometimes he bats left. He how, switches. How come he couldn't convince Freddie to hang out in Atlanta? You know, I think he tried. I th He was not happy with the organization. Oh, heck no, he wasn't. No, no, no. He was not happy. Uh, Andrew Jones, I don't know if you've heard of him. He should be in the Hall of Fame. His son's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, his son is very good. But you mix that gold glove with that bat, you know, that, that's another right-handed bat. Does Chipper Jones has a delusion. Manny Ramirez, I think, yeah, of a better hitter than Former that. Atlanta Brave, maybe? No, no, no Braves tie there. No, I mean, I could have stuck with just Braves. The, well, I thought you were going to. Chipper Jones thinks Javier Lopez uh, was a brave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Great hitter. Great. You got you got a for call reference? You want to give me? No, right no, 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 no. He was better from the left side, so I would leave him off that list. Uh, St. Louis Cardinal Rafael for call. <laughs> That's right. The the Braves though, like, and I'll use Chipper as an example. Thinks that the Braves are better than the Braves are because they accidentally won one won one World Series in the nineties when they should have won four. Well, at least we got one. You did get one. Yeah, and that was. Fortunate? No, it was it was well deserved and overdue. There, did you see that documentary, um, the Atlanta Braves, or how I learned to love losing the World Series? Now, if you go back to '91, Fred, mm -hmm. you do remember that game that John Smoltz and I think some people call it the Jack Morris game, but yeah, the game John Smoltz <laughs> yep. was pitching. And you know, there's a pickoff throw to first base, uh -huh. and Ken Herbeck, who was about my size at the time, R.I.P. Just lands on Lonnie Smith and just lays there until Kirby Puckett, two-eyed Kirby Puckett at the time, <laughs> was able to chase down the ball and get it back in. If that happened now, replay, interference, all these things are called, we win the 91 World uh -huh. Series. You want to talk about 
you want to talk about any other errors at first base? I think the Cardinals have a rich history <laughs> that I could give you. Yeah. yeah you sticking do. around for Bob or you got to go? Oh, I need to ask Bob some important questions that you couldn't answer. All right. Sebastian Noel is going to derail a really good interview with Bob Nightingale whenever we get back. Major League Baseball oh talk. God, what did on I do right in a previous FM. life that Bob Nightingale, Albuquerque native, joins us on the program to talk Major League Baseball. Bob, how are you? Yeah, doing great, Fred. Thanks. Hey, with us is Sebastian Noel sitting in for Van Nunley, and he wants to derail my Albert Pools love by asking why Freddie Freeman didn't love Atlanta. <laughs> not not well, in those simple. words. Not in those words. No, it's just simply, uh, yeah. I mean, just they never they never moved. They said, hey, we'll give you five years. They said that during the season, uh, toward the end of the season, the off season, uh, bumped their offer a little bit, you know, from five at 130 to five at 135. Would have gone up to five at 140, uh, but just said, you know what? You know, we love you. You know, uh, we know that you love us too, but that's the number we think is right. And, you know, Freddie thought it was a slap in the face that they didn't, uh, weren't more aggressive. And so when they finally didn't move, and I think Freddie still thought they would change their mind at some point until they traded for Matt Olson, then he, then he knew it was over. Bob, I, I was reading somewhere, and maybe this is just what us Braves fans are using as as to cope, that you know he really wanted to stay. The team wanted him to stay, but there was a disconnect between his agent and the organization. Is that true, or is that just something us Braves fans are telling ourselves to make it hurt less? Yeah, I'm not sure the disconnect part. I mean, just I mean, bottom line is the agent works for Freddie Freeman. The agents all work for the you know, players. Uh, you know, Alex Antop was the GM. You know, didn't reach out to uh, you know Fred. Just went through the agent. So maybe the uh, you know maybe the agent thought that they, they would get a six year at some point. Uh, you know, it, it just never happened. And like I said, it wasn't until that Olson trade uh, that Freddie knew it was gone. And uh, but you know there was enough of disconnect where you know Atlanta never called him and said, hey, if you take this offer, or if you don't take this offer, we're going to trade. Uh, Trade for your replacement. You know that that conversation never never occurred. In in your opinion, Bob, because if I was going to rank them, and this is obviously Albert Pujols aside, but if I was going to rank them, Vlad Gamero Jr. first, then probably Freddie Freeman, but then probably Matt Olson right there, right? Maybe Paul Goldschmidt. That kind of conversation. To me, first baseman that that's kind of where it's at in the upper echelon. Yeah, I mean Olson's uh, what three four years younger, tougher place to hit uh, in Oakland. You know, not much protection. No, he'll be just fine. He really will. And, uh, you know, he's an Atlanta native, too. So that, you know, that helps as well. And uh, yeah, perfect for Freddie, too. Now he gets to, uh, you know, be home. He's, he's going to find a second home closer to Dodger Stadium to get the traffic. But, you know, he's only an hour <laughs> and a half from uh, the ballpark in Orange County. So, you know, it's nice for him, too, in that, in that respect. How come whenever Albert Pujols returns to the St. Louis Cardinals, they score 29 runs today and have become the best baseball team in the history of the planet? <laughs> the Magic of Albert. Yeah, that'd be a pretty special year with the, uh, you know, Albert Pujols going out the same time as Yadi Molina. They'll go to the Hall of Fame together. Uh, probably had a win rights last year, too. So sweet. And uh, so it's going to be a uh, <laughs> nostalgia-filled uh, season. Uh, there'll be fans coming from everywhere, you know, to, just to see those three guys. As far as, like, the poetry that is Major League Baseball – the bookends of this career and, and it coming full circle. Do you have another example of, at least off the top of your head, your history of baseball that is as beautiful as what this is with Albert Pujols returning to the Cardinals? 
You know, that's very cool. I can't, you know, think of uh, something like that top of my head. Yeah, it would be like a, uh, you know, it would have been like a Barry Bonds going back to Pittsburgh at Marianne or maybe like, a, you know, Andrew McCutcheon uh, going or, back to Pittsburgh. Or when that uh, trader, Greg so. Maddox, uh, left the Excuse Braves me? to go back to the Cubs because Greg Maddox is absolutely a Cub no matter what anyone says. No. And it's a shame that he's in the Hall of Fame with the Braves hat. Is is it like that? Is that what you mean, Bob? His... No, uh, yeah, no, uh, no, uh, no. No hat, right? For, uh, <laughs> Is he no hat? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's got such nice yeah, hair. He yeah, didn't no, wear one. Uh, yeah, no inscription. I uh, like him, and uh, I like Tony Larusa. He didn't want. He didn't want to. Uh, it's a little bit like Larusa in a way, managing wise. Well, he started his career with the White Sox. Here he goes to the Hall of Fame. He goes out of retirement you know, to, to manage the White Sox again. So uh, maybe uh, he's, he's he's a player version of Tony Larusa. Well, Tony could have misplaced his hat. To be fair, we don't we don't know what yeah, don't even condition know. he was in. But Greg's ring it has the A on it, so it's a Braves ring. Let's remember that, okay. Fred. Uh, Bob, what's the realistic number of at bats for Pujols this year? Like, do you think they'll run him out there every day as the DH, or do you think he's going to hit against lefties? I mean, what's what's? Can you please temper Fred's expectations? Is what I'm asking. Well, he'll be uh, yeah. I mean, he'll play against the lefties every every time. Uh, some righties. So, I mean, pretty much he'll be sharing the DH duties. Uh, you know, they'll be able to, you know, pinch hit too. So, I would think if he stays healthy, you know, you're probably talking, you know, 275 at bats, 300 maximum. Because uh, he, he has struggled a lot, uh, you know, against righties uh, late in his career. So, uh, you know, the way the Dodgers used him was perfect. And, uh, you know, so, the, you know, Dodgers obviously didn't think that. He had enough left in the tank, because they would have brought him back. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I think they'll. I think he'll have a, uh, a good season, and I think it'll be very cool. You know, I'm sure every time he steps up, he's going to get a standing ovation. I mean, not just in St. Louis, though. Everywhere he goes, there's. He's the best that's ever played the game. I mean, we're in the we're in the red again or whatever. Uh, I don't mind if Albert Pools has 271 at bats and he strikes out 250 times, as long as he gets 21 dingers. Because he's about to be in the 700 right. club. Um, if he's already announced this is his last year. Do the Cardinals put that in in the forefront and making sure that he hits that historical milestone? Or is this going to be more of the, the team approach to winning and, and trying to overtake the Brewers in the Central? Well, it's going to be the team approach. You know, if they, uh, you know some guy that has a hot bat, they'll go with that. Uh, I mean, obviously it's on Albert's mind. Uh, he knows how special that club is. Uh, I don't think he'd be coming back uh, if he had already had 700 home runs. So very special for him. And even though he says his last year, you know, if he, if he ends up just a handful of home runs shy, I, I can't believe he won't come back next year and, and get that 700. I mean, if that brings Jody or Molina back, I'm fine with that too. I mean, I'm and, and Adam Wainwright. Oh my gosh. They're all so good. It's hard to explain being from St. Louis at the time when they were doing that. It's hard to explain. It's hard to, I was talking to, um, friend of the show, Adam Young, who's voiced in Mexico State Aggies, also from St. Louis. And, Bob, is there a way to successfully explain the difference of an Albert Pujols at bat? It's hard for me to tell Sebastian, like, people would leave concession stand lines to make sure they saw it happening in real time. Well, I was, uh, I went back to St. Louis when the Angels went back, when Albert went back for the first time. And, you know, you know you're hearing all these stats. I don't think the Angel players – had any idea how great Pujols was. I mean, everybody talked about Mike Trout. He was Mike Trout before Trout, but but better numbers. I mean, his uh, first those 10, 11 years in St. Louis were as great as 10, 11 years as anybody's ever had in the history of the game. 
so no, you know, I was talking to John Mozilla, actor, you know, GM president uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, we're already talking about, okay, <laughs> make, make room because there'll be three more statues outside that ballpark here, uh, you know, in, in a few years. But certainly, you know, pole holes and um, usual, you know, two of the best Cardinals ever. Bob, my favorite ever appearance you had on Fred's program, I don't remember if you remember this, but remember when you broke the news to him and you broke his heart and told him that Scott Rowland wasn't a Hall of Famer? That was my absolute favorite appearance you've ever had on, on, on this show. Do you, do you recall that? I don't recall. I don't think I ever said he's not a Hall of Famer. I think I might have said I haven't voted for him the Hall of Famer. So right. Or any of your buddies. People do. <laughs> but no, I mean, they... Uh, no, a terrific player, but yeah, <laughs> I don't remember the uh, the, the rolling part. Uh, yeah. Not to say I won't change my mind one day, study it more. There hardly are any third baseman in the Hall of Fame, but you know when I was uh, maybe I was biased because you know uh, my first job was coming to Royals, so with George Brett there, you, you get a little jaded on your opinion on a third baseman. Was I, it? I thought your first job was Bat Boy for the Dukes. Is is that not correct? <laughs> I actually did. I uh, actually could have been a bat boy. I, I uh, applied in the, in the uh, Albuquerque uh, Journal you know, for bat boys, but I don't think my uh, parents wanted to drive to, drive me to every single uh, Albuquerque Dukes home game. So I never never did take that job. Bob Nightingale joining us USA Today. Uh, follow Bob on Twitter. There's like I get the articles and all that stuff, but if you want it the way it is, is is if you have a fear of missing out like I do, just follow Bob on Twitter. That's I do. Yeah, that's what this thing is all about. Bob, uh, spring training is about to wrap. We're going to have opening day. Are teams going to be up to speed next Thursday, or is there going to be a little bit of a warm-up period for Major League Baseball? Well, I think the uh, you know the pitchers are going to be behind, and, and the, the uh, offense will be fine. I mean, the hitters are fine. You know, they don't need six weeks of spring training, but the uh, the pitchers certainly need more than three and a half weeks. And I think you know that's why they've added uh, you know two more pitchers to the rosters in, in April. And then they'll go back to 26 again. So I think we see, we could see some uh, offensive fireworks early on because you're just not going to see pitchers have that, uh, you know, be real crisp. Uh, the ones that do will, will certainly stand out. What will? How long will it take Albert Pujols to get his bat speed to where it needs to be? Is what Fred really meant to out say? Out of the gate is the with that que- Will Albert Pujols' bat speed be in midseason form after an abbreviated spring training? Is I think what Fred was trying to ask. He will be though. <laughs> He'll be fine. I mean, hitters are fine, and you see, he's in great shape. You know, he was hitting all winter. He knew he was going to get a job somewhere. Uh, so it wasn't like he was just you know sitting back and couching potato chips. He knew he was going to play, and he played. Remember, he played some winter ball too. So, you know, that, that gave him a, uh, you know, real nice advantage. Well, that's the thing. You you retire and then immediately go to, like, the Caribbean and just start playing year-round. Because, I mean, he's already, he's already a legend. He's a legend across the planet. Let's not be confused. But whenever you put him on, like, those islands down there, then, okay, I mean, you just play baseball till you're 50. That's how I feel. Like Julio Franco. Yeah, like Julio sure Franco. Yeah, I'm sure he'll play in that WBC, you know, the World Baseball Classic, in uh, 2023. I'll you buy, know, I'll buy that. Retired or not. I'm sure he'll, yeah, love to do that. Bob, what is the what is the biggest under the radar news story in baseball that I need to know before the season starts? Who's the player I need to make reference to so everyone thinks I'm the smartest guy uh, bellied up to the bar? <laughs> I, I do say the uh, you know last three years I've been <laughs> luckiest luckiest three years of my life. I picked the world, right World Series winner in the last three springs, and uh, some people have asked you know what, what team this year. 
I may go back with Atlanta. I think Atlanta has a chance to even be better than a year ago. I, I think, you know, never they were they were had so many injuries and so many things that went wrong. Yeah, they got hot at the right time. But, you know, now you have, uh, you know, I think the big thing will be Acuna. You know, will he be back to being the same guy after the uh, major knee surgery? When you add to that Soroka and you add to that Ozuna, right, that's that's like I was trying to explain to Fred, that's like signing three Albert Pujols's but in, in their prime. Dang it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the Mets, but how many times do we see the, the team that wins a winner uh, you know, uh, win. It always goes backwards. I mean, if we just went by teams that win the winner, the San Diego Padres would have about four or five World Series championships by now. And that just doesn't seem it works out. Uh, these teams have a hard time living up to the hype. So, I, I, you know, I think the mess would be improved, but I, I don't see, you know, and Philadelphia's got all the firepower, but I don't see them, uh, you know, staying with Atlanta. The top three in Atlanta's rotation as good as any top three in a rotation? Well, I, I'd probably go with Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. I, I go, you know, when you have uh, Cor- Corbin Burns and uh, Woodruff and, uh, you know, Freddie Peralta, that, that's pretty powerful. I, I'd probably go Milwaukee o- over over anybody. I mean, you saw how good that rotation was last year in in, uh, in the playoffs against Atlanta. They just couldn't score any runs. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, and uh, best follow on Twitter. Don't know how else to explain that. Uh, I didn't notice a single Will Smith joke on your Twitter, Bob. Did were you asleep? Like what happened? You just, I mean, biggest news story in the history of the planet. Just I didn't see anything. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I didn't see that. I missed I miss the Will. I, I missed the Will Smith thing. Okay, so you actually thought it was Will Smith, the catcher, and you were like, you're like, what are the Dodgers doing right now? You, there was a lot of confusion in the Nightingale camp. Well, I'll tell you what, Will Smith is a uh, – one Will Smith is uh, – we were just talking about this here today among the writers. How come the Will Smith that plays for the Dodgers isn't nearly as great as a quote as a Will Smith that plays for Atlanta? <laughs> Will Smith's a terrific guy, and uh, it was fun to see him light it up in October. And, uh, you know, I still remember him as parents being in the field, uh, you know, you know, being you know from down there and everything else. So, no, it's – and anyway, for Will Smith to give up his closes role – and say, you know what, I'll give to Kenley Jansen. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Bob Nightingale, who I will see in exactly six years at Cooperstown as Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright will all be inducted at the same time. Thank you for joining the program, friend. My pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, the first two for sure. Wainwright, we'll see. What? Has, oh, huh? strong, breaking strong, news. It's a strong year, yeah. But I'll, I'll, let me go the first two first. Bob, <laughs> breaking news. Closes out a World Series, starts a World Series. He's he's the best of all time. I just need everyone to say it with me. Also, Bob, you got to vote. No, I mean, you got to be saying it. Wainwright is or pull, pull, pull holes. Okay, I'm not going to say greatest of all time, but certainly one of the uh, – greatest uh, of uh, of this generation. Do you think he'll go uh, in I, as I a brave? Will, I, I will say, I will say, you know, PEDs or what, Barry Bonds is the greatest player I've ever seen. Do you think Wainwright would go in as an Atlanta brave? We okay. are the organization that gave him his start. <laughs> Unacceptable. Uh, be a little tough. If he wants a statue outside Bush Stadium, he will not be going in <laughs> uh, wearing an Atlanta cap. Bob Nightingale, thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care, guys. What a good dude. Is he just the best? Oh, it's unreal. Why does he associate with you? <laughs> Why is he so gracious with his time for you? I mean, he's just the best. He, so Bob and I have been doing radio since I was – so I did radio in St. Louis for a long time, right? I hadn't heard. So, Tell me more. So, we, so 
he would I'd regularly come on and be like, hey, why does everyone hate the Cardinals? And he'd be like, they don't hate the Cardinals. You need to calm down. And it was a good bit. But whenever I moved here to Albuquerque, Bob is from Albuquerque. It's like, how do you not like pull him in regularly to everything right. we do here? Do you remember that day about Scott Rowland? Yes, I brought it on. I brought it up on the live chat, right? And then you bring it up to him on the air. He agrees with me that he's not a Hall of Famer. You text me and say, "I hate you for even bringing it up." It hurt. It hurt a lot. And then he did it again at yeah. the end with Wainwright. That was awesome. It's like when you 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 go to your parents and you're like, "Hey, do you have a favorite child?" And they pick the other one. Right. That's I'm like I'm like Bob. Like, why are my favorite St. Louis Cardinals your favorite players? And he's like, "They're not." It's <laughs> I'm actually a Brewers guy. He's he, the best. He, he is the best and a great follow. Like you said, you want to stay plugged in. He's the best. He's very good. Uh, you got to go. You want one more? Let's do another. One more with Sebastian Noel. Whenever we get back, Steph Griffin, I think your microphone's broken. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. 30 minutes away. Well, 40 minutes away from me leaving the program, going down to Isotopes Park to watch the United play the Oakland Roots. How do you feel about non-traditional team names? Uh, I'm, I'm all for them. Roots. Yeah, I kind of like that. The lo- the logo is very cool. Have you seen Oakland's logo? No, no, no. Oh yeah. Let me look that up. Yeah, real look quick. that up. I mean, I, I, I nicest logo in the league, I think. This is it's. Yeah. Actually, for real, it's kind of a cool logo. I told you. I told you. That is a really cool looking logo. I'm about this. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm now an Oakland Roots fan, except when they're playing against the United. There you go. There you go. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right. You want to give it? Sure. Uh, Peter King reporting. Uh, Peter King, who, by the way, has stiffed me multiple times. I'm no longer ever going to reach yeah, out to him. I mean, he's, he's no Bob Nightingale. No, like like if Bob Nightingale is up here, then Peter King is like... Uh, Peter King is a shill compared to yeah, Bob Nightingale. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bob Nightingale is the best in baseball. Right, right. Who's the best in football? It's, uh, Schefter? No, because he's had all those incidents, right, where he just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of just makes stuff up. Um, God, that's a good question. Who's the best of football? Um, I, I do like Antonio Brown's approach of just reaching the people directly, but um, you know, via the social media. I don't know, man. Who, who do you think? <sighs> Pat McAfee? I know who it's not. <laughs> I, hey, guess who it's not? Who's that? Peter King. Yeah, it's not Peter. King. No, no, no way, no way. So he reports. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he reported that of the tug of war contest between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, that Tom Brady wins. Tom Brady wins because Bruce Arians is uh, not coaching anymore, and he's going to uh, join the front office to do what? Uh, to not tell Tom Brady what to do anymore. Basically, that's what that is. They got in a fight yeah. for two little days. Right. That was that was Tom Brady winning right there. Is uh, Bruce Arians is going to have an office? He'll still be allowed in the building. His key card will still work, but he's certainly not going to tell uh, what Tom Brady what to do, right? Can we? Those days are over. Can we have a moment of fairness? To be fair, to be fair, you cannot tell Tom Brady what to do ever. You ask Tom Brady for permission, right? Right? Yeah, especially Bruce Arians, it's especially anyone. Why does he wear his headset so much differently than everyone else? Like everyone else has it neatly uh, on their side, yes, and then his is like uh, four different angles, and it's like there's a shoulder strap, there's a waist strap, there's a leg strap, and it's in the middle, and he looks like a defibrillator, and like I don't. Why is why is he so different when it comes to his headset? 
Uh, he likes to party. Well, maybe. <laughs> like, well, those parties are over because Tom Brady's in charge now. Well, well, technically, Todd, Bowl, Todd Bowles is in charge. R- no, no, the, the Todd Bowles is just Latin for Tom Brady. It, mm, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Byron Leftwich don't get no shot. Mm, no, no. Todd, Todd, and Tom are more similar. Okay, so I think that's yeah, let's. Uh, Let's put Todd in charge. Todd sounds like Tom, and I think so. That's what that's what happened. So when when they sit down for like team meetings or whatever, who's the GM of Tampa Bay now? I don't even know. I don't know. Is it Bruce Arians now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I think so. Jason Jason Lick. I don't know who that is. Never heard of him. So when Jason Lick sits down and he's like, "Hey Todd, um, what's Tom got planned for this week? Yeah, what's Tom want to do against every team?" So this is not a promotion. You know, he's moving from head coach to the. Front office. I mean, front office could be the lady at the door. Front office could be the guy working the elevator. You're just in that physical building, right? Quote, senior consultant for football. That's a fake job. The get, you know you know what that is? They, it's, you get to sit you in the war room. You don't get to Tom Brady around anymore. That's yeah, what that is. No. Yeah, no. And, no. in fact, when Tom Brady calls you, and Tom Brady doesn't call, actually. So when Tom Brady texts you, he says, two creams, one sugar. Yeah. That's your job. Right, and you're not even allowed to text back. You're not allowed to have communications with Tom anymore. That's what that means. I mean, that is, yeah, that's not a promotion. That's, uh, you know, you, you get to stay, but uh, don't talk to Tom anymore. What was this fight even about? Uh, basically, it was about Bruce Arians not uh, being as great as Tom Brady. Kind of was, and it bothered Bruce Arians to a degree that Tom Brady said, "You know what? I'm going to retire uh, for a little bit until I come back, and then Bruce Arians is going to be sweeping floors in our front office." And that's exactly what happened. He's not going to catch bad rep, though, Tom Brady. No, no, no. This is a hundred percent Bruce Arians not knowing better. Oh yeah. And by the way, Bruce Arians, he's like 70 years old. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, you're not going to get another opportunity, big dog. No, You need no. to just play by the rules. Yeah, dude. stay in your lane, maybe cut your cholesterol a little bit, well, I mean, and, and, always- and keep at it. Yeah. But you're not going to outlive TB12. There are two things in life. Literally. Right. Yeah. And professionally. The number one, you're never going to get the best of Tom Brady. No. Number two, Roman Reigns is going to be triumphant over Brock Lesnar this weekend. It's the second night of WrestleMania when he takes the universal title and beats Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, for the unified title. You agree? Which night is the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Royal? Do That's they, uh, Friday that, Night SmackDown. Oh, is that not a WrestleMania thing? I think the last time I was here, you were talking WrestleMania, so it's been a whole year. This <laughs> Yeah, remember when Van rolled his eyes, wheeled his chair back, and didn't participate for the whole hour? That was the last time I was here, and it was when you were talking WrestleMania. Now, to be fair, to be fair, that's a lot of parts of this show when Van just kicks back in his chair, rolls his eyes, and then takes a Wednesday off to go to Tyler, the creator, in Denver, but tells me he's on assignment. Right. Now, it, like, I know you're a wrestling dude, okay? I know you, you know, you eat your vitamins, say your prayers, that whole stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, is this a two-day thing? It's a four-day thing. So it starts at the WrestleMania. No, I know it is a four-day thing, but does it need to be was my question. It needs to be a four-day thing, okay. yes. Because the only WrestleMania I ever attended, WrestleMania 12 at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Nice. Uh, can you name that main event? Uh, yeah, the WrestleMania 12 main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart. Close. Okay. Bret the Hitman Hart versus Shawn Michaels, hour-long Iron That's Man. That's correct. Match. I blew it. But it was one day. 
Like it was, it was a long day. Yeah, six was, hours. Yeah, but it was no, no. I don't even think it had reached the six hour point. Four hours at that point. Yeah, but that seemed sufficient at the time. <sighs> the last one I went to was in Dallas, and it was roughly seven hours. And by the end of it, after I saw Shane McMahon jump off Hell in a Cell sixteen feet through an announcer's table while trying to end the career of one Undertaker, I thought I should be more excited, but I'm a little tired. Yeah, seven <laughs> seven hours. Is a lot to dedicate to, to anything. Okay, well, first, we got to party yesterday because we got three hours to talk about it, not just mm. one. That's good. And also, that's almost like saying, like, rodeos should only have, like, one day for seven hours. You need, like, a weekend, a week to do all those people in that amount of time. Spot on. Everyone deserves their fair share. I think, uh, I think rodeos should just have the – what was it when the kids – the mutton busting? What, what is that? When the, the kids? Oh, mutton busting. Yeah. What is, I don't know that's what that it. is. Just give me the mutton busting and then the drinking, and that's all I need. And I don't need five days of that. I see it once. I think it's cute. I do a lot of drinking. I think that's awesome. And then I'm on with my week. You guys are confused. You have to have an entire day where they give out blue ribbons because blue ribbons have uh, to be handed out. And then the 4-H club. That's the that, fair. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I actually know what the... What the uh, what yeah. the rodeo is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you do. I've never I, been. No, no, and, and I don't yeah, that's obvious. I it's but, my it's my understanding that the clown is more important than he seems. Two days of this WrestleMania? Four days. So oh, it's four days. WrestleMania SmackDown, which is Friday night, which is the standard SmackDown show, then the Hall of Fame induction of the Undertaker, Van Vader, the Steiner brothers. Uh, the greatest big man in the history of pro wrestling, Big Van Vader. Insanely good. Oh, moonsault off the top yeah. at 450? I have trouble getting out of bed sometimes. He, He's doing moonsaults. Yeah. The best of all time. Vader bomb? His matchups against Bam Bam Bigelow for all those years no, were, no. you don't feel this way? How bad was he misused in, in when he- Boy Meets World. When he, no. When he, <laughs> when, when he made the jump to the uh, World Wrestling Federation at the time. Here you go. This monster heel, right? That's yeah. That's just- amazing, right, in WCW, and then he goes over to the other place, and they just don't know what to do with him. Sold a lot of masks. I mean, it's a lot of merch sales. Yeah. Got to do that. Yeah. I've had this conversation before where it's all a huge plant by Vince McMahon to put, like, his best players over there to let them recover from – because, you know, everyone in WWF for all those years was uh, drug, alcohol, and steroid abusing ridden and needed years to recover by doing nothing. Tell me more. And Vince McMahon was like, I don't want to pay you. Let's have Ted Turner pay you. They should really have tried to jail Vince McMahon for all that. Well, I'm not saying he was an enabler, but I'm going to say he um, could have done a better job of policing. Also, uh, WWE just took marijuana off their banned substance list, so Mm. you can now – uh, partake. I was also reading that during this four-day spectacular, yeah. that they're basically uh, recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an open tryout for any college athlete. So, like, correct, like you know, Ramon that was in here earlier, like pretty big dude. Yeah, like if he shows up at WrestleMania weekend, you know, you throw on a couple of you know tribals, and he's a member of uh, of Roman Reigns' team, right? Like, yeah, like he's gonna get that call because he's a big dude. He's strong. You're not incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, you can teach anyone how to do a headlock. But my thing is, if you already have a four-day spectacular, uh-huh. why do you need to recruit more talent? Like, are you shooting for five the following year? Are you talking about a week long? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So you do have Roman Reigns over Brock Lesnar in the main event. That's all I was trying to no, say. No, no. I heard that Brock <laughs> is a cowboy now, like a cool cowboy. He's a Saskatchewan cowboy. That's yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I 
am totally down for that. You, uh, I know. So the only DVD you've ever bought, owned, and and watched more than twice is Brokeback Mountain. So no, no, it's the uh, the greatest matches of Ric Flair. That's the one. You, uh, yeah, yeah, it's different. The Nature Boy. The Nature series. Boy. Yeah, yeah, the series. The He's, three discs. It's the absolute best of all time. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Noel, you were tremendous at this. Well, Fred, you know, when a friend is in need and begs me to save him when he's alone, how can I say no? In the business, uh, Griffin, we call that necessary embellishment is what we call that in the business, and it's a vital part of storytelling. Was the Will Smith smack a work? Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. Chris Rock's uh, stand-up tour the rest of the way is, like, sold out now. His first show is tonight, and the average ticket sale went from $30 to $300. Yeah, there you go. Are you kidding me? There you go. Smartest thing in the history. Oh, absolutely. We'll wrap up the show, and I'm going to go to the United game after this. Sebastian, you're the best. Appreciate it. Two men on, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Less than 30 minutes on the program. Big thank you to Sebastian Noel who joined us for the last hour. Griffin, we had slated like 15 minutes. But he was like, hey, man, I paid the meter for an hour. It's fine. Oh, okay. Good dude. Super good dude. Super good dude. All right, Griffin. Just me and you for the rest of this one. Phone line's open. 505-246-0610. Talking about NFL, talking about MLB. I'm not going to talk United States men's national soccer. Do, do not care. Not important to me. Not important to me at all. If you reach out to the program, get it. jump into it. A lot whenever Griffin's working the production – Guys call and they're like, hey, let's talk for let's talk about our feelings for a minute. Griffin don't care about your feelings. Just won't get you on the air. Go. So the big sports story today that was not the Bruce Arian story in the NFL is the Chiefs threatening the Chiefs threatening to leave Kansas City, Missouri side and go to Kansas City, Kansas side. And I'm like, it must be a slow day in the NFL. Like, what are you, you're gonna change no branding, you're gonna change nothing. An Arrowhead Stadium, by the way, iconic. Not going to get out of there. It's anything to get worked up. That's what it's about for, like, NFL fan. NFL fan just wants to be worked up. No, they're not actually moving. The only thing they're moving is they're good players to other teams. Griffin, you got a football team you follow? I like the Dallas Cowboys. Well, everyone likes the Dallas Cowboys. I know. Dang it. <laughs> I I don't know. I think I was just maybe because my in my entire family on my mom's side loves them, so we all just grew up about it. And then the other side just liked the Washington Redskins. There was kind ironic. of ironic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> The other day there was that talk from Buffalo about trading Stephon Diggs to Dallas. And, like, for Dallas, that's a good get. That's a very good wide receiver. But Josh Allen immediately comes out. He goes, no. (laughs) Okay. Change that plan. Not going to happen. Well, we didn't want you anyways. (laughs) Yeah. And Buffalo, by the way, because they just took – I don't know if you saw this. They just took $300 from their general fund, and they're going to build a stadium that's $300 That doesn't go to, and it's an open-air stadium, by the way, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, not the best idea I've ever heard. But that's $30 million that doesn't go to a lot of things. That's general fund money. 
That's infrastructure and education. And I got a real problem with state-funded stadium that's privately owned and operated. That's why I was such a fan of the United Stadium plan here, because the city was still going to run it. It was going to be a municipal stadium that was leased to the team. So you would still have taxpayers, and it would have a park and rec division. It would have all these, It would be controlled. That's not what this is. Josh Allen says, no, you're not going to trade my favorite guy. It's not going to happen. Sorry for you. Okay. I mean, it's not going to happen. Which I'm fine with. I don't know. NFL is always kind of taking the headlines from everything. Jim Irsay came out today. He was like, hey, the, uh, the Carson Wentz run. That was a pretty big mistake on my end. Like, what? Like, and he's been in tough spots. Andrew Luck retires for no reason. Well, I mean, he had a reason. And then he goes to Phil Rivers for like five minutes. And he says in this quote, for us, the fit just wasn't right. I don't know why. A lot of times you you don't know why, but you know it isn't. It was important for us to move in a different direction. Your girlfriend just left you. Your girlfriend just left you. She's somewhere else now. You don't need to tell everyone how she wasn't good enough for you. And the Colts weren't that far off. Put a little support around the guy. And by the way, I know he's battling an injury thing, kind of been battling that his whole career, whatever on that. But what I'm saying about Carson Wentz is he already gone. What are you doing? That horse is already dead. Why are you kicking it? Did I say horse? That colt. That colt is already dead. Kick it. And Jim Irsay, who, by the way, I don't think many people at all have ever called intelligent or bright or insightful. You remember when he got pulled over and he had like 20 grand in a paper bag in the back of his car? What are you doing? What are you just, what are you driving around with all this money for? Super weird. NFL news and notes as we're jumping through it before we hit the break because we got one segment left on the program. Bruce Arians retired. It's breaking news. And by retired, I mean just goes to the front office. Todd Bowles will replace him. And they're just letting people know, like, right now. Okay. This is what Tom wanted. Hard to argue with that. There's a couple guys you don't mess with. Tom Brady is one of those guys. Deshaun Watson's contract details have come out. If you're, a, we talked about this a little bit with Ron Hudson earlier. If you are a Browns fan, if you're a Deshaun Watson fan, probably not a fan of the program. Two hundred thirty million, fully guaranteed. One million. He gets guaranteed, Griffin, in the first year in case he gets suspended. Because he's going to get suspended. In case he's Because <laughs> he's, no, he's got no legal, but he's got all these civil cases. Also, no trade clause. What? Why don't you just throw unlimited massages in there, Cleveland? You weirdos. And Jim Tomei, who played for Cleveland forever... Major League Baseball player for the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians. Him and his wife are like, we're not, we're canceling our season tickets. We're not supporting this. And the problem with that is he'll be in the vast minority because Cleveland fan will be like, well, if we make it to the playoffs, it's no big deal. I'm excited to see Baker Mayfield battle it out for a backup. 
Losers. Off the field matters. You wonder how much off the field matters? Look at Deshaun Watson's agent. He just got him 230 mil guaranteed with at least a mil if he doesn't play. He gets a mil just to exist. No trade clause. Unlimited massage envies. Don't know if that last part's true. Final one where we get back. Slow and Griffin. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Very good episode of the program today. Thank you to Steve Davis who joined me to open the show. We talked a lot of high school hoops and obviously ProView Networks as Steve is the president of ProView Networks and he is a tremendous talent in town. Adam Young of New Mexico State joined us. He's the broadcaster for the Aggies. Talked about their new head coach. Talked a little bit of basketball and the St. Louis Cardinals. David Carl of the New Mexico United. They got a big game tonight against the Oakland Roots, and that's going to be a good one down at the lab. I'm going to venture down there immediately after this broadcast. So uh, tallest guy in the building. That's who I am. Say hi if you see me. Ron Hudson, the head coach of New Mexico Highlands Cowboys football and former starting quarterback, now quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, Ramon Atkins, joined us. Had a lot of fun talking to them about kind of the culture and everything that surrounds college football and transitioning into the pro game. Gladiators play this Saturday night against the Arizona Rattlers, and that is a statewide broadcast on, is two Fox? Is Fox two? Is that right? Or what is that? Is it CBS? I don't know which is what. You know, I don't know. I have um, Xfinity or whatever, so it's like different on, I always have to look on the side and find it. I have no idea. I feel like I should know that. Yeah, it's, I want to say so, Fox is two. Yeah, so two is also KRQE thirteen. They own <laughs> See, both. See, that's where I get all confused. Yeah, they own them both. So, friend of the, I guess not friend of the show, just very good friend of mine, Lola Chavez, who does the evening broadcast. I know because they'll be like they'll be doing like NCAA basketball or whatever. I'll be like, "Hello, what are you doing? Let's let's get a drink or whatever." And she's like, "I can't. I'm on two. I'm like, "Oh, I never even go to two. Like if." 13's busy. Why am I going to two? Got to go to two. Sebastian Noel sat in with us for an hour. Uh, had a lot of fun laughing with him. He does not love pro wrestling. He loves the Atlanta Braves. And he loved whenever Bob Nightingale told him that he thought the Braves were the odds-on favorite for the World Series. There's a handful of people in the game that you trust. And Bob Nightingale is one when it comes to talking about baseball. Final story of the day before we wrap. LeBron James uh, is just absolutely worn out the Lakers. It's, uh, what, the fourth year, and they're going to miss the playoffs, and none of the players like him, and they got rid of all the young talent because LeBron only likes to play with guys his age. And I get that. I also don't like to hang out with kids. Like, I'll be 100% transparent with that. I broadcast for New Mexico Highlands University. I talk about it regularly. I only do home games. I don't want to travel. I don't want to hang out with early 20-year-olds. I don't care – who you matched with on your dating app. It's an energy that I'm just not about. And LeBron's not about it either. But the problem is Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and and go down the list. These guys you're not going to win a ship with. You're not even going to make the playoffs with. And the Lakers, they got to make a move. It's good to have won the title. That makes you a Laker. If he had showed up and not won a title, There'd have been a lot of conversation about him for a long time, about how he's never really a Laker. Also, is L.A. trying not to figure it out so they have a shot at LeBron Jr.? Maybe. 
Junior's playing all these games, and he's not allowed to talk to media, he's not allowed to do all this stuff. Well, here's the thing, LeBron James's production company's following him around with a camera and documenting this whole thing. Like, that's L.A. already. L.A. got to figure it out. And the idea that LeBron just wears thin, not just teammates, but organizations after a couple years, I get that. Because it's really hard when you're the absolute best at the game, when you're the best in the business, to not be able to have others at the exact same standard of you. In full transparency, I got like a, I got a code. I have a core set of values. And one of those values is match my intensity level. If I come into the program and I'm of a high energy and an excitement and I'm ready to go, Steph Griffin, you got to be with me. Callers calling the program, you got to be with me. Friends of the show and the community, you have to match my intensity level. And here's the thing. I recognize that you always can't, and that's okay. But that means at least for that day, you're not on my level. Also, that mindset, and this is so very hard for an individual, if you do the absolute best you can, that's okay in my book. I'm going to do the best I can. If you do the best you can, you're good with me. For LeBron James... The best he can do is so much better than the best anyone else can do. He does so good at everything that he attempts. He doesn't understand that why you can't do that good. He cannot relate with you. And I get that. I get that energy. But where's Phil Jackson telling LeBron that he's got to slow down and figure it out? He's got to be able to relate to the young kids and understand that you're getting 100% of Russell Westbrook. Unfortunately, Russell Westbrook's 100% is only 75% of what you can do, LeBron. There's a mental aspect to this thing. And that's why he wears you out. Also, he gives you the rub. Remember in Cleveland, played with Kevin Love? Kevin Love got over 100 mil. Kevin Love is not a 100 mil player, but he played with LeBron, and LeBron made that happen. I think it was 120 mil. Over four years. What is that? 30 mil a year? Cool. Cool. Right, that's a nice chunk of change. It's a fair amount. If he goes to another team, he's my age. What am I, 37? He's 37. If LeBron goes to another team, because he's probably got four years left in the league, if we're being real honest. The next team he goes to, he will also win a championship with. So if L.A. is like, hey, forget it, let's keep him for four more years, you're going to get another championship. Next team is going to get a championship. But he's not nice. Well, this is this is the top level. You don't have to be nice. Steph Griffin, are you here tomorrow? You got to go. No, I'm here tomorrow. We're live at O'Neill's in Knob Hill tomorrow. Van will be back. A lot of guests. We're going to have a lot of fun. Come hang out with your boys. Any final words, Steph? No. Be safe getting home if you're getting home. No, going to the United game. Oh, we'll home. have fun. Good job, everyone. GG.